Sports with Katie Nolan is presented by Coors Light, the beer made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I think you can tell a lot about people by who they like on the challenge. Did you say about? I think so. Is that... I think I started to say about, and then I had a stroke. Are you a Canadian and then I just... sleeper cell? Hello! Um, gosh, you really would think that by now, I'd have this worked out. There'd be a list. Hello! Hello! Sweet, sweet babies. Hello, my sweet, sweet babies. Welcome to Sports, the podcast that ends with a question mark, but starts with a question. I'm Katie Nolan, and this is today's question. Hi, Katie, Ashley, and Ticonderoga. Um, This is Liz from North Carolina, and I'm a Jets fan, and I'm starting to realize that this could be the year we go defeated. And I don't know, but just to make me feel a little better, can you guys list things that are worse in sports than having a completely winless season. Hopefully you come up with something. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Liz! What a good question. Um, And now I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for Ashley or Ticonderoga, but you get the solo pod, Katie. Which means you're going to get a lot less brainstorming and you're going to get a person who's realizing it's a lot harder to just riff on an answer to a voicemail when you're alone. But guess what, Liz? We're here now and we're going to work through it together. Uh, I, uh, you're a Jets fan. So I think your first step is to, is to accept that things suck for you. It's not your fault. It's not because of mistakes that you've made. It's just how it is. And I'm going to give you things to feel a little bit better about it. But I think step one is accepting that feeling bad is a huge part of this part of your life. Because once you just accept that, it can hurt you less. You take away its power. It's like when a bully's going to say something mean about you, you say it first. When your boyfriend's going to break up with you, you break up with him first. This is bad advice. But it's real. Um, And so I think you just accept that this part of your life, the Jets, your football life, is going to hurt you. And then going fully defeated is kind of just funny. Like it's just objectively the funnier outcome. You don't want to just get smoked and then win a couple. That's embarrassing. That's like, oh, so you could do it the whole time? You just never did it? If you go winless... It's like, yeah, we could not do it. We are not equipped to do it. We need to go make some changes so that we can do it next year. I would feel more confident with that because at least you know what the problems are. If you win a couple, then you're like, oh, but he was so nice to me today. Oh, but he he's, was so cute with that dog. No, you need to break up. And so the easiest way to break up is for everything to be bad. And the easiest way for everything to be bad is 0-16. I have now convinced myself that I want my team to go 0-16. That's actually kind of impressive. Or, or a little bit psychotic. Either way, you could also, if that didn't help you, look at it this way. Since 1944... Only five teams have posted winless seasons. There was 1960 Dallas Cowboys. Uh, They had a tie, (laughs) as did the uh, 82 Baltimore Colts. But 
1976 Tampa Bay Bucks, the 2008 Detroit Lions, and the 2017 Cleveland Browns. Didn't win. At all. And I bet that they're better for... Well, the Browns didn't really... Well, but you could... Look, I, it's you're not alone, but you are in exclusive company. Only five... You'll only be the sixth... You know how great that is to be the sixth person to do something? Everybody wants to be the first, but being the sixth is pretty awesome. So, congrats to you. That's silver lining. Um, things that are worse than a winless season? By my logic, I would say a, an undefeated season, but I don't think that's true. Um, well, if you have an undefeated season and when another team loses their first game, you gather your team that had the undefeated season and you toast and act like elitist jerks, I would say that's worse than having a winless season. But that might just be my personal opinion. Also, losing somebody to an injury would be really bad, like a key player. Imagine having all the pieces and then losing a key player. Think about what happened to the Eagles. I know I bring this up a lot, but I do find it fascinating that they 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 had that season with Carson Wentz where they were like, this is going to be it. And then he got hurt and they gave up in the middle of the season. The fans were like, this isn't going to happen. I can't believe we are this cursed. And then Nick Foles came in and won the Super Bowl for them. That's a that's a bad situation to be in, as we're seeing now with the fact that they've got Wentz to this monster deal. They made their decision and they're like, oh, what are we doing? Um, I think you could argue that that's worse. Maybe you couldn't. I don't know. I'm on my own, guys. I'm working through it. We're going to be fine. Everything's fine. I love you and I mean it, Liz. Thank you for calling. If you're sitting at home and you want this weird one-man band to answer whatever actual question you have and struggle to do so in the process, you can always leave a voicemail at 860-506-5571. Hi. I can't maintain that manic energy for the entire podcast. I need to reach my equilibrium. Give me one second to take a deep breath. Hi. Um, it's me, Katie, alone. Uh, and it's going to be for, I think I might get a guest for the second half, but it's mostly going to be me today, uh, which I know you guys heard on Tuesday was probably going to be the case. I got a lot of uh, volunteering on the internet from people to help me out and host. And I'm not going to lie, I considered it, but... Uh, you know, just like I considered Travis said he could help. Ashley said she could help. Christina, who I think you guys might see a lot more of soon. Uh, she edits our podcast. She offered to help. There was help offered for sure. But I think what I realized was like, I got to do this alone for a, for a day. Let me try it alone. Because with all of the changes that have happened to this podcast over the last, I don't know, time anymore. It's all just a blur. But like the... The only thing that I know I can count on to, to be here, not because of anybody else's fault, like the actual people, like I know I can count on Ashley, but these, this stuff's been happening and everybody keeps going away. And so oftentimes the thing that you don't want to do the most is like, maybe it holds the key to what will help you get to the next whatever. I felt like maybe if I do this thing alone, which is what I'm struggling to not do, I desperately don't want to do. Maybe if I do it once, I'll learn something that can help me see how to fix this in the future and or what I need to do next. 
So this is going to be a kind of an awkward podcast because talking to yourself alone for a couple hours is very difficult. I know we've all got differing opinions on like who we listen to in sports, but there are people like, for example, Colin Cowherd, who can speak to essentially themselves for hours and never get bored. Because that's what it's about, right? It's about like, if I get bored, you're going to hear it. And then it's going to be really weird because that means I'm boring myself. And that's a very weird thing to watch somebody else go through while you're listening to them. Colin Coward doesn't do that. He keeps himself so entertained <laughs> for so long. And like, again, you can disagree with his opinions. I know that I do with most of them. But I, you have to be like, whoa, that is a skill that helps you in this industry. Um, I'm making this point to say I don't have that skill. And so I'm going to stumble through this. Um, but I, I think I'm nothing if I'm not honest with you guys. And what's been really hard for me lately is that I want to be completely honest, but it's going to get to the point where it starts getting me in trouble. Um, people have started, people that don't normally listen to this podcast may have started listening to it. Um, because it was, you know, somebody was like, you know, she's pretty honest on her podcast. So it's starting to get me in professional trouble. Um, and so I'm trying to not do that. But I want you guys to know it's not because I want to lie to you. It's because I just can't say most things right now without upsetting um, a company I work for or a company I would want to work for. And it's just very, everything's weird. And so uh, I think doing this alone to me, feels like the type of honest that can make up for that. I feel like I'm being honest by telling you this is not going to be my best work hosting a podcast uh, by myself. And so um, have I been talking about this for two hours? Let's just move on. I'm doing it alone. That's accepted, Katie. We get it. One thing that I want to mention, because Ashley and I were both so pissed when we realized we forgot to mention it uh, in the last podcast and I want you guys to know we didn't miss it, and we hear you, we're just dumb, is this KFC Lifetime movie. <laughs> and now movie is in quotes, as it often is with Lifetime. But it's specifically in quotes here because it's 15 minutes long, and it's premiering, again, in quotes, on a Sunday at noon. So this is a long ad. Uh, this is going to be a long ad for Kentucky Fried Chicken, but it's still important because it's starring Mario Lopez of Feliz Navidad. Uh, this podcast has been big on Lifetime movies recently. Um, just because, I don't know, I think we're all, let me take a sip of this water, a thing I can't do when I'm alone, but must pause to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're all right now in the pandemic, like, looking for pockets of joy anywhere we can find them. And, um, and we've, you know, like Tiger King was like a shared experience was what we needed at the moment. And it was like funny, but also kind of serious. And it was just whatever. And then uh, Korean baseball did it for a minute. We had no sports. We were just looking for a place to find the thing that is essentially you're just looking for a feeling, right? And so like now in the pandemic, we've gotten so far into it that I'm starting to see people on the internet say stuff like baking doesn't work anymore. Now what? I'm starting to resent baking. Like it's not bringing me joy because we've been doing this for so many months that the things we originally found that were like, this will get me through, 
some of them, you might be at the end of them. They might have stopped getting you through. Like I'm holding on to the last episode of Halt and Catch Fire because I realized I was emotionally attached to it in a way that it wasn't safe for it to leave yet. And I bet a lot of you can relate to that about this podcast. It just seems to be something I'm seeing a lot on the internet of people being like, the thing that was getting me through is about to go away. I need another thing to get me through. Um, I have found Lifetime movies, weirdly. I watched them at the beginning of the pandemic, but then I fell off. But now that we're back in this like Christmas Lifetime world, it's like when I need to sit down and I'm probably going to scroll through my phone, I put on Lifetime because the sounds of it are like weirdly comforting and how bad the movies are is weirdly life affirming. And so it's just been this thing that I've found that brings me joy. Another one that I was going to talk about later, but we're here, so whatever, that I found just two days ago maybe uh, was old cartoons. I don't remember why, but Dan put on Boomerang, which is, from what I can gather, like Cartoon Network, but more cartoons, more like traditionally, it just seems like a, a cartoony, cart whatever, it's a Cartoon Network. Why does anybody care? It was like two in the morning and he put it on and we watched a bunch of old Looney Tunes and I was so happy. I like laughed genuinely at them. Uh, it was a, a combination of like nostalgia and just pure like childish humor and joy. It's probably not going to work for everyone, but if you haven't looked there, it's it seems like we're all like looking for a little spot that we haven't touched yet. Try that one. See if that one works. Um, it might not, but maybe it does. And if you find a pocket, share it with each other because I certainly did not expect to now feel like I need to get in bed and put on old cartoons, but I do feel that way. And I'm going to do that as soon as this podcast is over. Um, but so this Lifetime movie is 15 minutes long. Ashley and I obviously, <laughs> I was gonna say played, but we tried to play the KFC uh, recipe for seduction game that they made. Uh, and then I think our computer crashed halfway through. It was a mess, but it obviously meant a lot to us and Jay. Uh, and... Um, so we we were bummed that we forgot. She had written it on a piece of paper for the last podcast that was like, don't forget to talk about this, but then never looked at the paper. And so as soon as it was over, we were like, no. So it would feel weird for me to now talk about it by myself. So I'm not going to do that. What I am going to do is I'm going to text Ashley, make sure we both watch this 15-minute commercial, make sure we both get completely duped by capitalism on Sunday, watch this 15-minute commercial so that we can bring to you guys a unpacking of you know, how it fits into the Lifetime universe, but also just what the hell happened there. Um, and and uh, I just, this is me, that pause was me realizing that if I curse at all, I have to know when so that I can tell Christina to bleep it. Otherwise, she's going to have to listen to this entire podcast alone. I don't think I've cursed yet. I feel confident saying that. Anyway, Ashley and I are going to review the movie uh, next podcast. So this will now be two podcasts since it was announced that don't talk about it, but don't worry, it's coming. Um, the plot synopsis is that the colonel, played by Mario Lopez, question mark, which, like, I get it. The colonel's whole thing lately has been, like, being a different person. But it, it I mean, Mario Lopez just did a Lifetime movie, a pretty big one. The, and then he did the 
Parade. And he did the Saved by the Bell reboot. And now he's also doing, it's just too much. What? Who is behind the Mario Lopez renaissance? I need to know who his agent is because he's suddenly everywhere and weirdly looks exactly the same as he did the last time he was everywhere. I digress. The colonel is hired as a household's new chef. And he walks around in a tight shirt and a jaunty ascot. That's disrespectful. Uh, And he's going to be involved in some kind of love triangle. And they say the phrase secret recipe at least three times within five seconds. So if that's not enough to get you to want to watch it, I I truly don't know what what you want from me. We will watch it. We will give you a full review uh, next week. Oh, look, it's time for a mental health update. Don't you feel like you already got it? Let's take a sip of water. I'm not doing great. I'm soldiering through. Um, One thing I think I've forgotten to mention in all of this that I wanted to make clear to you guys that I know to be true and have known to be true for a while, but I don't think I've ever explicitly said it, is that like you as an audience, the people who listen to this podcast have provided me with the confidence to make decisions in my life that are based I want to say in reality more than I have been in the past. It's very easy, I'm sure most of you know, when you're in a job to get caught up in the way that job goes, the way things are supposed to work, and like feedback from your boss is your only feedback. And if you don't get any feedback from your boss, you start to feel lost and maybe incompetent. I ha- I'm i starting to realize how lucky I am that I have a second feedback channel and that that feedback channel is like real people who really consume my pr- product is a weird word, but essentially makes sense in this metaphor. I, I say thank you. I say love you, mean it all the time. I want to make sure you guys know, like you, you, you have, um, I don't know, effectively made me a better human by this community that we've been able to foster is something I think most people are seeking on the internet. And like being able to have somehow brought a bunch of people who are like-minded but are different enough and can disagree with each other in like respectful ways is super cool and crazy to me. And I think is what I will always feel like is the biggest accomplishment more than the other stuff that I will obviously take. I have my Twitter picture of me holding an Emmy. Uh, I'm grateful for all of it, but I just want you guys to know that you existing and being the way you are is um, providing me with the confidence at this time in my life that I wouldn't have had otherwise. As I'm saying that, I also want to say, this is kind of more specific, I've it's very hard for me not to be on our Reddit because I'm a person who uses Reddit a lot and... I don't know, if you're a person who like goes to movies a lot and you hear they made a movie about you, you'd go see that movie. So it's very strange for me to not be in there responding and replying. Um, But I've realized recently that in order for that community to stay what it is, and what it is is a bunch of people who have come together because of a common like of something, I have to stay out of it. Because, and this sucks. I think you can hear that in my voice. This is something I'm unhappy about. But I think I've started to realize I might make you guys feel like you can't disagree with me in there because I'll come swooping in and defend myself. And then everybody will be like, oh, she's here. Don't say anything. Uh, and I don't want to make that that. I want you guys to be able to go there and like genuinely discuss your feelings about our podcast or things that are adjacent to I keep calling it our podcast this podcast and things that are adjacent to it so I think right now where I stand on it is I'm going to stop 
commenting because it will get to a point where I will just be in there to defend myself. And that's not a way to participate in a community. And so I'm going to, I'm sorry if I've made anybody feel like they can't say they didn't like something I said on this podcast because they knew I would swoop into the Reddit and be like, that's unfair. That's uh, that's stupid. And so this is me getting out ahead of that and being like, I'm going to, I'm still here in the sense that like I will probably still read it it's just a habit but I'm 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 not gonna does this make sense I think it makes sense enough that I can move on from it now um okay so pup date uh Myrtle is my dog that's not the pup date you should know that if you don't know that what's up uh Today it snowed and she was outside for her first snow technically when we first got her it randomly snowed like some day and March or April or something. When did we even get her? It doesn't matter. Uh, but today it like full on snowed and uh, Dan was out with her and took a video of it. And she doesn't like it. Ugh, shocking. I know. She loves everything. Um, she doesn't like snow. And so that's another thing we're going to have to get her used to. But boy, was her not liking it cute. So at least it was one of the good bads, not a bad bad. Uh, official pod business. Next week is Ashley's last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I still have to figure out how I'm going to show her how much she means to me on the last podcast, which is a huge feat to try to be like, what demonstrative thing can I do in a performative way to show her just how much she's the best? I was just going to say something, but then I'm like, if she listens to this, which she will, the spoiler, the surprise will be spoiled. So uh, she'll be back next week. Then we're going to go on hiatus and then we're back in New Year with two times a week. That is, those are facts. So we've got two more shows with Ash, I think. And then um, no shows for a while. December 15th is the last one. Go enjoy your holiday or stay and enjoy your holiday. Why not? Uh, and th I'll be alone on Christmas. So there you go. We can commiserate. Maybe we'll Zoom or something. And then when we come back in the New Year, it's two times a week. I will definitely be here, and the rest we'll figure out. <laughs> I have to figure it out over Christmas. Um, also, shout out to the ESPN Podcasts team. Uh, they are fantastic. They are, they are the best, and I just want to make sure that that's known. And because I could see why you might think otherwise, the ESPN pod, like Pete. Shout out to Pete. He rules. You said you weren't going to talk about work. Okay, today on the podcast, oh, we're going to stay hydrated first and foremost. Um, then we're going to take a look at the NFL because we're getting closer to the playoffs. There's four weeks left and three games have happened since we recorded our last podcast. So we'll look at those, what we learned from them, preview some of the bigger matchups of this upcoming week. Then uh, Coach K got a little honest about the college basketball season. James Harden, we won't probably get to. Um, and then the second half of the podcast, which is normally where we play a game or do something fun, I am going to uh, preview the new season of the challenge. Because look, over quarantine, and I have not been shy about this, I've been going back uh, with my boyfriend, my boyfriend, and re-watching old seasons of the challenge. I've always found the challenge intriguing and at the very least entertaining on its surface. But from going back and re-watching old seasons, I feel like I have this understanding now of the show that is happening underneath the show of like these, the politics and like personal interaction. It's just, it has 
come to fascinate me in a strange way. And I think, like I said before, while people are looking for things to watch or things to distract them or things to get way too involved in and maybe running out of options at this point, I think I could sell a lot of you on the challenge because it is sports adjacent. I know the commercials for the new season call it the fifth major sport and they quote SB Nation on that. I am I have many issues. We don't have to get into them. But it is sports adjacent, so it's got that for sports fans, which you are at least adjacently a sports fan. Or you'd like the sound of a woman who desperately needs a sip of water talking about sports. It can't possibly be that. So you like sports, and obviously you're into, you know, mental health, which there's a ton of on this, uh, on the challenge. I just think I could potentially sell you on it. So let me try. I'm going to do that in the second half as we preview this new season that actually is starting as I'm talking. It's Wednesday night here, so it's about to air. I think I can try to sell you on the show, but I'm going to bring in a special guest to try to help me do that um, after we watch the first episode. It's Dan, pretty clearly. I was going to slow play that, but who cares? It's Dan. We're going to watch the first episode together and then record uh, uh, the second half of the podcast. So that's what's happening there. We're going to get to all of that in a second. Yep, that was her. Sounded just like her. Really nailed it. All right, let's start with, again, guys, hydration. It's key. Mmm. This podcast brought to you by water. Okay, the week 13 leftovers. Games that have happened since we spoke last. The Steelers lost to the football team 23-17 to and are no longer undefeated. Uh, that's definitely what we all saw happening. Uh, they blew a 14-point lead on Monday night. It's their second largest blown lead at, it, at home in franchise history. Uh, since drafting Ben Roethlisberger, actually, in 2004, the Steelers are 109-2-1 when leading by 14 points at any point, including playoff games. So you could say that this was unusual. Um, they could have clinched a playoff berth there, but they didn't, because again, they lost to the football team. Um, it was, a a mess. It was there was the weird decision to go for it on fourth down by Tomlin because he didn't. They had a rookie. Was it a rookie kicker? It was a kicker they called up from the practice squad, Matthew Wright, and they didn't. Tomlin said that he didn't think he should put him in a high pressure situation. It was a forty five yarder. He felt going for it was the right call. The other issue is the Steelers dropped the ball seven times, which is their most in 15 seasons, and it's the most in the NFL this season. Against the Ravens, five drops. So the Steelers clearly have things that they need to clean up. Uh, they're obviously still, what, 11-1, and one, and they uh, play the Bills on Sunday night, which I actually think is going to be a good game based on... The other game that we've uh, that has happened since our last podcast, 49ers, Bills, uh, where the 49ers lost 34 to 24. This house was thrilled about it. Let me tell you, uh, the game obviously happened in Arizona. San Francisco um, hosted the game, but it was played in Arizona, which is a weird thing because Arizona is a rival in their division. But I guess, you know, everybody's working together to tell COVID it's not real or whatever. Um, the Bills had just lost a heartbreaker in that same stadium, obviously not to the San Francisco 49ers, but to Arizona. That was the game where uh, D-Hop had that crazy catch in the last seconds of the game. So they were coming in there. 
not happy, I guess. And whatever combination of factors led to Josh Allen having maybe one of the best games of his career. He was 32 of 40 for 375 with four touchdowns to four different players and no picks. I think he had a fumble. But that wasn't in the stat line I read, and so that could just be me making things up. Either way, um, interesting because Josh Allen grew up as a 49ers fan, which I've always thought must be so weird, and we really don't talk about it that much. When like people join the NFL and play the teams they grew up loving, because yeah, maybe at that point you're so removed from what football is and its meaning to you is so different than it was when you loved watching football growing up that it doesn't bother you that you're playing the team that you love. But I bet there's some people that are like, this is odd. I want to win, but I don't want to win. Um, obviously they want to win. But there is an interesting thing there. Uh, and he ended up having a fantastic game. The Bills are now in sole possession of first place in the AFC East, which they haven't won since 1995. And yes, that's deeply personal to me. And yes, that stat upsets me. Um, but I'm working through it. The Dolphins are only one game back. That's right. Pat's not even in second place. The Dolphins are one game back. Uh, and like I said, four games left in the season. Um, interesting thing, uh, other than water, is that the the beginning of that Bills-San Fran game was just, it was crazy. It was like two, the Bills went all the way down the field and got stopped at the Niners one. And then uh, they went for it on fourth down. It was an incomplete pass. Then San Francisco took the ball 97 yards over to the Buffalo two. And then they got stuffed for no gain on fourth down. Uh, it was the second game since 2000 that featured two turnovers on downs to start the game. That's interesting, isn't it? Aren't you just wowed? There's me getting bored. Um, what's next for them? The oh no, wait, it is interesting though that the Bills are eight and twenty-two in primetime since two thousand, and they're two and eight on Monday night. That's not great, but they will play Pittsburgh this week in primetime again on Sunday Night Football, and the Niners will continue to host at a house that doesn't belong to them, the Washington Football Team, uh, in Arizona. The other game, the third game that has happened, it was a Tuesday night game, you know, everyone's favorite Tuesday night football, um, was Cowboys-Ravens and the Cowboys lost. The Cowboys, man, what in the world? Uh, the Ravens obviously have been dealing with coronavirus in a different way than most other teams in the sense that a lot of them got it. There were 23 Ravens, I think, on the COVID list. I saw something that said they had four different strains of the virus going through their team and organization. And I'll admit, I don't think I know enough about viruses to make any sort of statement about that. But that sounds really bad. And I don't like it. Um... Lamar Jackson was back, though, in this game after 15 days away from the team. Also says he still can't taste or smell, but I'm sure he's going to be fine in the long run with that disease that affects your lungs. Um, six or so Ravens players, I think, were still on the COVID list at the time of the game, but they had a lot of them back. Uh, their running game was relentless. They gained, you know, they had 294 yards in the game. They were averaging 7.9 yards per carry. Gus Edwards got 101 yards. Rookie J.K. Dobbins, who uh, was recovering from COVID, uh, 
got 71 yards and a touchdown. They have now the Ravens have rushed for 100 yards in 35 straight games, which is the third longest streak in NFL history. So things were clicking Uh, through the air, though. uh, Well, you know, Jackson had 95 yards on 13 carries with a touchdown in the air. He had two touchdowns, 107 yards. It was a good they looked good. They looked very good. Uh, Dallas entered the game with the worst run defense in the league. And it looked bad. That's the good team looked good and ran a lot. And the bad team, guess what? They struggled to contain the run. Mm. The most interesting storyline going into the game, I thought, was Des Bryant. Um, because this was like a revenge game because he was on the Ravens. Uh, playing Dallas after how many years was he in Dallas? A lot. Um, but it was really weird. He left during warmups and then was scratched from the game with quote unquote an illness, which later he went on Twitter and said he tested positive for COVID. But he was there for warmups. Um, he tweeted, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call it a quit for the rest of the season. I can't deal with this. And then later in the Twitter thread said something like, yeah, I'm coming back. But I'm just being smart. So he's done for the season. Even though he was going to play that game, um, which is probably the right call. He's, uh, as a reminder, 32 years old. I wrote that because I must have wanted to look it up. So maybe you guys were also thinking the same thing. Let me tell you, he's 32. Uh, He scored 73 touchdowns with the Cowboys from 2010 to 2017. There's the answer I was looking for before. He signed with the Ravens in October. Saw his first action in the league in two years. He caught four passes in three games. But now he's done. Um, Which, of course, led a lot of people to question, just like it did during the World Series, of, like, the league's handling of COVID. Did the fact that Des Bryant was out on the field and had COVID mean that there was, like, a violation of protocols? Or did it mean that their protocols were insufficient? So the league came out on Wednesday, today, yesterday for you guys, and uh, said that it did not cut any corners with contact tracing after they found out that he had tested positive. A half hour before kickoff. So he was on the field participating in warmups and that for about an hour before the Ravens were notified of his inconclusive test result. Let's just go through the timeline. So at 6 p.m., he was one of the first players on the field. Right before 7 p.m., apparently the lab notified the Ravens that his Tuesday morning test, so the day before test, had come back and was inconclusive. Two minutes later, uh, He was taken out of the locker room. They put him in isolation inside the stadium. At 7.30, so about half an hour after that, his latest test returned positive, and so he was ruled out. What that means is, had the game started at 1 p.m. or 4 p.m., Des Bryant would have played the game, having taken a COVID test the previous morning. I don't know... If that's, you can take from that what you will. Um, It certainly is questionable to me. I feel like if you're taking a test the day before a game and you don't know the results of it by the time you play the game, what was the point? But I digress. Uh, Dr. Alan Sills, who is the NFL's chief medical officer, has basically come out and said that, uh, well, I'll just quote him. He said, I can tell you with complete certainty that our same exact contact tracing process was followed last night as what we do in every single case. The fact that we were able to do it fairly quickly is not reflective of a lack of thoroughness in the process. It's just simply the amount of data that was available to be stored, uh, sorry, to be sorted through allowed us to do that. 
We took all the data we had in hand and made the safest possible decision. All interactions are not created equal when it comes to risk. So it sounds like, according to this man, who is a doctor, so I will say knows a lot more about this than I do, uh, according to him, all interactions are not created equal, so it's possible that while people were saying they had seen Des Bryant hugging and talking with other players on the field during warm-ups before they found out that his first test was inconclusive and his second test was positive, those interactions weren't actually enough to classify them as high risk. I, I know I certainly would love to know why not? Not because I want to prove that somebody did something wrong, but because I'd love to hug some people in my life. I thought we weren't hugging. I thought hugging was canceled. And so if it's not, that's actually very good news. But I would like to know what the conditions of that are before I hug. Um, just, to, just to clarify some stuff for myself. Um... This doctor also said, we know we have had positive players that, oh, so in relation to the fact that if the game had started at one or four, he would have been able to play, I imagine. This doctor said, we know we've had positive players that have played on game day, but not with our knowledge, which is an important distinction because it's a little confusing on its surface when he says we know it, but we didn't know. I guess he's saying they didn't know then. So they didn't know at the time of the game that they were positive, but we know now they were positive and they played in a game. If it were me, which it isn't, but if it were, um, I would think that that means we should make some sort of change to make sure that we're getting a result of a test directly before a game is starting. I don't know the medical limitations of that. I don't know if the testing is too expensive or impossible to expedite in that way. And I'm certainly not suggesting that athletes should get some special type of testing that regular Americans don't have access to. But if it's possible, even if it's difficult, if it is possible, it feels to me like what I would think, am I putting enough words between what I'm trying to say uh, to cover me? I would think you would just use the tests that could get you the results with the quickness that could... <sighs> um... This doctor also said that Des, who was the first positive test on the Ravens in a week, which led a lot of people to be like, oh no, is this Ravens outbreak not over? Des just got it. This doctor says that it was not linked to the team's outbreak. So he brought his own. He, Des Bryant brought sand to the beach. Uh, the Ravens will be back in primetime Monday Night Football at Cleveland. It's a rematch of the season opener that the Ravens won 38 to 6. It's a different Cleveland team now, so we'll see. Um, and the Cowboys are on the road again. They play Cincy on Sunday. So, upcoming games this week. Let's fly through these, shall we? We have the Cowboys facing the Bengals. Um, that's a 3 and 9 team versus a 2 9 and 1 team. So maybe it's not your like leaderboard, you know, high-flying matchup. Uh, what's fascinating to me is just What's up with Dallas? Because Dallas seems to think that they have a lot of excuses for being a garbage team, and they do. This is a season that, if nothing else, will give you plenty of excuses for why it's not working. But Dallas, to me, seems to be the kind of team that wants to take those excuses. Like, they're very hungry for reasons why they're bad, instead of being that hungry for ways to win. <laughs> it just seems like they are 
grateful to have an out, which makes logical sense. If you're not doing well at something and somebody gives you an out, you're like, yes, 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 I'll take that. But like people were comparing them to the Giants. Um, They have a new coach as well, which is one excuse that Dallas could make. They've got Joe Judge. He's new. It's his first year. Uh, Dallas loses Dak. The Giants lost Saquon. That is a huge part of their offense, and they were going to have to learn how to do it without him. Uh, the uh, Dallas doesn't have a starting quarterback, as I just said. They played with Colt McCoy at quarterback, which a lot of people didn't know was even a thing. Um, he hasn't had a win in since 2014. And yet, they beat the Seahawks. Uh, if you want to compare them to the Washington football team, Ron Rivera's in his first year as a coach there. He's also undergoing cancer treatment. Alex Smith, their quarterback, is in his first year back after, oh, I don't know, almost losing a leg. And they've won three straight games. They're five and seven. But the Cowboys, for some reason, are just like, well, it's our first year of a coach, first year staff. Didn't have a preseason, you know, couldn't really put our system to get lost, Dak. I mean, what do you, at this point, what are we going to do? But it's like other teams are figuring it out. I know it's different for everybody, but I mean, the Lions kind of figured it out. They fired Matt Patricia and then they won. So it's like, it certainly doesn't help that McCarthy's last 40 games as a head coach, granted, they're not for the same team, but his past 40 games as a head coach, his record is 14-25-1, which looks a lot like Matt Patricia's record after 43 games with the Lions. Again, it's not the same team. Again, it's a different situation. But they keep taking outs, so I think we should stop giving them to them. I just, I don't know. So I guess take the Bengals? I don't know. It could be an Andy Dalton revenge game, and you never want, you never want that. So we'll see how that goes. The Cowboys are two games behind the Giants and the football team, but the football team owns the tiebreaker on that. So it, that'll be a game. Who cares? The Patriots are taking on the Rams. The Patriots have now won two in a row. Last week was a very big win. Very weird. And so now they're back to 500. The Rams are in first place in the NFC West thanks to Seattle losing. So that should be a good matchup. The Titans and the Jags. Did you know the Jags are 1-11? Because that somehow escaped me. But the Titans could certainly use a, a, a nice win. Uh, the Vikings face the Bucks. That's the Vikings are six and six. The the Bucks are seven and five. They're both playoff hopefuls, so that'll be a big game for both of them. Certainly a one to watch that might be interesting. See what Tom Brady's up to. See how he's looking. See if he's seeing if he's if he's happy. Uh, the the Chiefs play the Dolphins. The eleven and one Chiefs and the eight and four Dolphins. The Dolphins, of course, are one game behind the Bills. We said that before. The Chiefs are one of two teams in the NFL that have clinched a playoff berth, the other being the Saints. So that is a good game. But the Bills, I mean, the Dolphins are going to want to win it. And maybe they, I don't know. The Broncos are going to play the Panthers. Both those teams are 4-8. and eight. You could skip that one. Uh, Texans playing the Bears, also probably skippable. The Texans are 4-8. and eight. The Bears are 5-7. and seven. The Bears are on a five-game losing streak. Um, I don't. 
I don't know. It's rude that I have to come up with something to say about that. So Cardinals are playing the Giants. It's funny because the Cardinals are six and six. They've lost three in a row. Um, they're now 500. And the Giants sitting at five and seven are in first place. So that's that's got to be fun to play a team. You're like, we are better than you and it's not going to matter. Uh, but it'll be fun to see how the Giants play after what happened last week. See how that affects them. See how they wear it. Uh, the Colts are playing the Raiders. The Colts currently own the wild card spot, but the, the Raiders are chasing it. Uh, the Packers play the Lions. Um, okay, that'll happen. The Packers are 9-3. and three, Lions are 5-7. and seven. Like I said, they won their game without Patricia, so maybe we'll see. The Falcons and the Chargers are playing that game. I would just breeze right past, but there was a headline I wanted to make sure everybody saw. It's related to the Chargers, and so we're putting it here. Their offensive lineman, Forrest Lamp, that's a guy who plays for their team, apparently has an endorsement deal with a company called Lamps Plus. I wrote Lamp Plus, but that can't be right. It's got to be Lamps Plus. Um, and not only that, but much like athletes present you with their signature shoe, Forrest Lamp has released his first signature lamp with Lamps Plus. Lamp parentheses, question mark parentheses, plus, because I'm not sure. And I could Google it, but I'm tired. His signature lamp is called the Forrest Sequoia. Uh, I looked at it. I'll describe it for you. It's a tall lamp where the base is like the branch of a tree. Like maybe it's the trunk, but it's really skinny. So it's like a branch pretending to be a trunk and who can't relate. Uh, and then the lampshade looks like a basket. Are we doing that? I bet that's like an LED thing. I bet that was never even dream upable. Until LEDs, because LED light bulbs, as I'm sure we all know, don't give off heat the same way, right? As like a regular light bulb. Or is it a different kind of light? Man, a lot of light content on this podcast lately. Either way, there is a type of light that TikTok people put on their walls that they can then put cotton over because it doesn't, it won't start a fire. I learn a lot of my science from TikTok comments. The lampshade, my point is that the lampshade of this lamp is like a basket, like an old school basket, and I hate it. There, it's off my chest. We can move on now. It's called the forest sequoia. Did I say that already? It's a lampshade that's, it's a basket lampshade. If you buy that, let me know. I didn't look at a price point, so I don't know if I'm asking a lot of you. Uh, Washington, the Washington football team who is five and seven sitting in second place, but with the same record as first place in their division, will take on the last place five and seven 49ers. <laughs> Another game that I feel must be very frustrating for people in divisions that, you know, want it. The Saints play the Eagles. Speaking of the division that doesn't want it, um, the Eagles are three and eight. The Saints are 10 and two. They've already clinched their playoff berth. What's interesting here is that Jalen Hurts is going to start against a Saints defense that I would not want to start again. Jalen is going to hurt. It's been made, but it had to be said. Uh, Jalen Hurts this weekend, I think. But then we'll have to see what uh, the Eagles choose to do um, in regards to starting him again the next week. Like, if he gets beat up by that defense, do they let it 
slide and chalk it up to how good that defense is? Or are we going to have another little switcheroo in Philadelphia? Uh, I don't know the answer. Stay tuned to find out. Awesome tease. A really good tease. Um, also, if the Saints win, they can clinch the NFC South title. Uh, the Jets, the 0-12 Jets, uh, play the Seahawks. I don't care. I want the Seahawks to lose. Just because, what an amazing story. <laughs> if they have a good season and then they lose to the Giants and the Jets. I just think, come on, you can't not be rooting for that. Also for the inconvenience of the one win for the Jets. I don't know. I'm conflicted now because of that original voicemail. I feel connected and I don't want that person to hurt. Either way, uh, Adam Gase basically came out this week and said that he was fully rattled by their last second loss to the Raiders last week um, and that it sent him and his coaches into a funk. I appreciate the honesty. Lord knows I I do it here. We already talked about it for 45 minutes at the beginning of the podcast. I just don't see the purpose of the honesty here. I don't see, unless you're doing the work to counteract the experience you're having, I don't see the value in being like, yeah, we are. We are on tilt right now, the Jets. We are, uh, we weren't trying to lose. Some of you might have thought it was masterful tanking. It was an accident. We fired our defensive coordinator, and now I don't know what to do. I'm upset. Um, I guess the 24-hour rule is this thing that coaches talk about, which is like you have 24 hours to get over it. He said at the start of his career he had heard that a lot, and he was like, I broke that rule here. Like, he's not over it. He's upset still. Uh, he also said he thinks the only time he's ever been involved in a loss like that was at the end of a playoff game, so he was kind of allowed to break the 24-hour rule. What it sounds like to me is that Adam Gase doesn't, has never followed the 24-hour rule, and maybe if I were Adam Gase, which again, I'm not, I would spend some time learning how to lose because it would make me a better winner. But what do I know? I'm just doing that right now. Um, what else? Uh, the Steelers play the Bills. I've already said that's going to be a good game. 11-1 Steelers, 9-3 Bills. The Bills are in first place. The Steelers are coming off an embarrassing loss, and the Bills look really good in their last game. So I think that will be a Good game to watch. The Steelers have a two-game lead on the second-place Browns. The Bills only have one game of wiggle room between them and the Dolphins, so I think they're both going to come out there and hope to prove something. So that's a thing we say in sports a lot. That'll get you to watch it. Ravens-Browns, that's Monday night football. The Browns obviously looked fantastic last week. They've won four in a row now. They're clicking. Baker looks good. He's confident. He's quoting the office in his press conferences. Everything's coming up Mayfield. The Browns are hoping to end their postseason drought. The Ravens are hoping to claw their way back into wildcard contention. Uh, they have their players back. They could be the wall that the Browns run into. We don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. The... Um, the Ravens are two games behind. Did I already say this? The Ravens are two games behind the Browns. So a win here would be big. It would close the gap. I'm sure they're hoping for it. I'm sure they're all going to show up and play their hardest. They want to take that win home. It's a statement game. I'm Katie Nolan, ESPN. That's your football. Um, I have other stories in here, but they're not as interesting as this challenge recap is certainly going to be. So let me just breeze through them. Coach K said on Tuesday publicly, he asked college basketball if they think it's really a good idea to keep playing a pandemic. 
He said, quote, I would just like for the safety, the mental and physical health of players and staff to assess where we're at, um, which I obviously fully agree with. But I also knew a lot of people would bring up the fact that these comments were coming after an 83 to 68 loss to Illinois that I'm sure Coach K wasn't happy about. He knew people would say that, too. He addressed it and basically said that he was just, just wondering if everything was under control and if this was a good idea. He basically said, like, anything run by a committee, you can't really be agile. You can't make changes quickly. And this is a situation that requires quick changes to be made if they need to be made. So he felt it was his responsibility to be the guy that keeps going, we still good? Are you sure we're good? Because otherwise you're going to be behind on reacting to something. You'll be reactive instead of proactive. I appreciate what he did. It also seems very different to me than what happened in college football. So I will just say I'm happy to see it. Shout out to Coach K. Just don't ask me to spell his last name. Um, a week ago, so a year ago in COVID time, uh, Westbrook, Westbrook, John Wall, and a first trade happened. And we never talked about it on here. So if we are your sole source of sports information, allow me to... First, apologize, and second, let you know that Russell Westbrook was traded for John Wall in a first-round pick with a whole lot of conditions attached to it. To sum up the trade, they have, I believe, exactly the same contract left. I really do think they both have three years, $132 million left on their contract, with their final year being a $47 million player option for both of them. <laughs> or I'm an idiot, but either way, they're close enough that uh, it was a pretty even swap. Like I said, that first rounder has a lot of conditions on it that I don't understand and won't attempt to explain. And no, you can Google if you really need to know it. It felt like two teams both had, one team had a headache and one had a stomach ache and they traded. One was like, you know what? I really do think I can handle a headache. It's the stuff, I can't do another day of a stomach ache. And the other one was like, oh, well, I, my head has been hurting for so long I can't even think straight. If I could just move that down to my stomach, at least my brain will be free. And then they were like, let's try this. We'll see how it goes. Um, a reminder that John Wall hasn't played in an NBA game in almost two years. He's 30 and he's coming off a torn Achilles. I love John Wall. I hope for John Wall. Um, we're just going to see about John Wall. And we're all going to see together. The biggest winner of this trade, the Knicks. Because Russell Westbrook and John Wall with these massive contracts were available to be traded for and the Knicks didn't bite. Shout out to New York. You guys showed a little bit of restraint. You did it. Because that would have hurt you in the long run. But really, you guys aren't normally good at seeing that. So either they saw it and didn't jump or they like messed up and forgot to jump. Either way, the jumping didn't happen. That's a win and you'll take it, Knicks fans. Uh, James Harden with the Rockets um, needs six straight negative tests before he can practice. He, of course, has requested a trade. He didn't report for testing until two days before practice. He opted to work out on his own at the University of Houston. Then he went to Lil Baby's birthday party in Atlanta without a mask. In the past, this podcast has misidentified Lil Baby as DaBaby. This, consider this me correcting it. I know they're different. I just don't know how. Um, uh, he went to Vegas also. He, sorry. So he went to an Atlanta birthday party for Lil Baby. And then he spent a few nights in Las Vegas Um he didn't wear a face mask. Not cool. Uh, Steven Silas obviously is the new coach for the Rockets. It's his first year 
What I found interesting was I saw that during his holdout, when Harden was off partying, uh, they didn't talk, Harden and Silas. They did not have any communication. They had a brief interaction on Wednesday, according to the coach. I said hello to him. So I think things are going to go well uh, there. That sounds like a... Where it's all good. Uh, while we're talking about the NBA, just something I saw today, they do not have a specific number of cases or like a threshold for when they would cancel the season, which I think is similar to what was happening last season. So nothing really different there, but worth noting. There isn't some magical number that if a certain amount of people on a team or a certain amount of people in the league in general get COVID, they'll shut down the season. It's more of a fluid situation, which makes talking about it really fun and not difficult to sometimes step in it. Uh, Devin Booker, I saw, tweeted, this wasn't big news, but if I made an announcement like this on my Twitter, I would hope people who saw it would help amplify my message. So I'm doing that for Devin Booker. Uh, he said that he likes to go by book or dbook, but don't call him Devin because that makes him uncomfortable. So from here on out, this podcast will continue to not objectify dbook, but we'll try in earnest to always identify him the way he likes to be identified. So book is closed on that. Um, Michigan and Ohio State, that game was canceled on Tuesday because of COVID. I bet Travis has a lot of thoughts about this, but he's not here to share them. Um, and I'm sick of providing a platform to an Ohio State fan, to be quite honest. So I'm actually glad he's not here for this. It was the third canceled game for Ohio State this season, the other two being Illinois and Maryland. And then well, the Big Ten just changed its policy that said teams must play six games to be eligible for the conference championship game. On Wednesday was when they made this decision, which means that undefeated number four Ohio State will now face Northwestern on December 19th. So that, I don't, college football, I'm trying. I'm really trying. But it's like, these are the rules. Unless the team that would, should get in isn't going to get in. And then the rules have changed. You know I don't know enough to make a smart point about what that says about college football. I just want to let you know it bugged me. Uh, and that's it. That feels like enough about sports. Um, it's time to talk about the challenge now. But first, before we get to the challenge, and again, if you don't like it, stick around because that's the whole point is that I think I can make you like it. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. Thanks, Andre. Oh, well, you can't eat the carpet, dude. Uh, I feel like I now pimped you out for my podcast, which is an icky Yeah, you feeling. straight up did. I know, but you did it, and you it was Straight good. up did. Burrow was perfect. Burrow. All right. Well, our dog's eating the carpet. She's trying to. So we might be, we might hear a little bit of that in here. But what I think is most important is this is the part of the podcast where we're going to talk about the challenge. Now, Damn. Daniel, I introduced you to people as, you know, burr, burr, burr. Yeah. But- I was like, he wasn't into the challenge at all when we started this quarantine Ugh. seven years ago, and now I would man. say I don't want to be unfair. I would say you're like a big fan of the show. I enjoy it very, very much. I would possibly. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Oh boy! I think the challenge is one of my favorite shows of quarantine. Whoa! I up, would say that too, though. Up there with Twenty One Jump Street. I feel like my rewatch of. I know you hate it. It's so bad. It is so bad. It's That's hard. It's not even fun bad. Like No, it's very fun bad. It's not. We watch Lifetime movies and those are fun bad. Yeah, but that's like- I know when Jump Street is upsetting bad. 
Lifetime movies are like Zima. Okay. And then like uh, 21 Jump Street's like three rows whiskey. It's like the stuff in the okay. in, on the bottom shelf that no one touches. Okay. But man, wow. you can get ripped off it. Okay. Yeah? I mean, I'm trying to weigh the like, you're probably more of an expert in alcohol than I am. That's why sure, you got the yeah, crown. Sure, that's why I can't do it anymore. Yeah. But at the same time, you haven't done it in a really long time. And I have. So making an alcohol analogy to me is... Whatever. All right. Well, point is... You're a big challenge fan now. Love it. I'm wondering if you know what it was that converted you from like, eh, whatever, to like really being into it. Familiarity. Yeah. It, the familiarity of like learning. Of I think like uh, I could probably sum, sum it best up with my fandom went as we watched the evolution of Cara Maria. Mm. Where I was like, oh, this girl's just like kind of an annoying. I want to keep calling her horse girl. I was like, she reminds me she of like a horse, horse girl. girl. Yeah. She does have horse girl energy. That wasn't she, unfair. Yeah, she has a lot of horse girl energy. And then she went from being like picked on and West dumped that soda on her. And mm. I was like, damn, I feel bad for Car Maria. To her becoming a badass and her watching her go like in eight, what was it, like seven challenges and win them all yeah. or eliminations. Yeah. She kept coming back. And her arms, you could just tell by like, yeah. she'd been working she out. She got jacked. And then it was like, oh shit. And then she like came and then she became the heel. And then she like had phrases. Where... And you haven't even met Kyle yet. Like you've met him because we watched the most recent Yeah, we watched, season. well, it started, uh, quarantine started with last season, The Bunker. Yeah. And then I made you go back and watch them, and now That's we've gotten doing up since to then. Dirty 30. So he's missing the big, between 30, and then what's this one, 36? I guess. We went and watched like six. Yeah, but you're missing, no, I think we've watched like seven or eight. Damn. But you're missing this chunk in the middle, and there's like an interesting Car Maria chapter, but I digress. Yeah. I think the the thing that I'm now into with the challenge, before I was always entertaining because these people are just... Mm wild people we've said before we would never be friends with any of them in real life but it is fun to watch them and think about their politics i could see myself being friends with ct or Darrell. yeah that's different you've seen them grow and change as people but again this was my original thought was like yeah. these people are interesting and whatever but now i have this since re-watching it this deeper understanding which sounds so dumb about a show like the challenge but once you realize that it's our only competition reality show where people come back the next season, yeah. the same people sometimes, and they form these rivalries between them, and then they also have to pay the price of the consequences of whatever their actions were in the previous season, it's like, whoa, this is like a complicated web it's that's pro wrestling. fascinating to watch. It's also fascinating. I think like Ashley was when we noticed it, not the podcast Ashley, but from the show, was when we both were like, wow, I can like see pretty clearly what her mental issues are, like what she needs to work on and where she's missing. Like I can, you it would be watching somebody come up with the drama in their own head that they, that doesn't exist in the real world. Yeah, she talked herself out of Dirty 30 in one episode. Watching that happen. She also did it that time that in she was like fighting with Nelson. Yeah, that when she was like, she you guys were talking about me. But watching it happen and having proof that it was out of nothing, I don't know. It's weird. I find it weirdly comforting. How? That it's like, sometimes people just do the wrong thing and they're, they're probably sorry. They didn't mean to. How great would it be if we found out that this entire time, the challenge was government-funded mental health study? Not surprising at all. And then slightest. it was like, oh, we like, have brilliant. all this- 
Really? We have all this. We have all this uh, data on narcissism, mm. on like all these different things where you're like, "Oh my god, I thought I was just watching a stupid show for money," and they're like, "No, no there's this no. much greater purpose." Yeah, you thought we got all these. You we thought can, these were just a random selecting of people. They're like, we have made significant gain <laughs> on borderline personality disorder because of the challenge, and you're like, "That's just what we should do." Is the smartest people. Now know what the dumbest people like. Mm. We love the challenge. Mm. We love Bachelor. We love wrestling. Use that as your version of the census. But also doctors or whoever we're scientists, whoever we're talking to, uh, keep in mind that people right now are in a very specific place. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. my pitch on the challenge is like, watch this because these aren't necessarily good people. You don't have to care about them. You can watch it on a surface level and it's very entertaining. The physical challenges they make them do, the structure of the show itself is entertaining just to watch. But if you want, there's also like the underneath story of like get invested, like learn about these people. That's why I think what we should do today is go through the people on this season. Let's do it. And tell the people what we've learned from our like rewatch, give them a little history, suggest which ones they should root for and who they shouldn't like. I'll, I'll but testify. everyone can make their own opinions. I think you can tell a lot about people by who they like on the challenge. Did you say a bait? I think so. That, I think I started to say about, and then I had a stroke. Are you a Canadian and then I just, sleeper cell? If I found out that you were like, hey, what's up? It's me. I'm from Ottawa. From Ottawa City. My name's Katie. That's where I'd be from in Canada is Ottawa. Ottawa? That's how they say it. Ottawa. I think you you have great Vancouver. You, you would probably be from Vancouver. What? I don't even know. Or I would say, no, you're probably, you're. would you be a Toronto girl? A gal? It's Toronto. You know you know what? Just because you said that, Saskatoon. You're Saskatoon? From, you're from Saskatoon. Oh, no. I banish you to Saskatoon. I'm no, kidding. Right. Saskatoon, I'll see you soon. Can't wait to work the yuck yucks there. So, Everything's going to open up. For everybody that... <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know how the challenge works, it kind of works differently every season. Um, it originally started as a competition between the casts of the real world and the cast of the road rules. I think it was just called Road Rules. I don't think it was called the Road Rules. Yeah, it was Oh, wasn't. boy. Narc. Wow. I'm a cop. Um, and so the that's what it used to be. Then it became the challenge. It was Real World Road Rules Challenge. But that mm. is a mouthful and was always stupid to say. Yeah. Then it became the challenge. And they also kind of, they canceled Road Rules. And then they just got away from having to use real world stars. Like they started using stars from other MTV reality shows like Are You The One? That was the first one they used that I can see. It was Are You The it, One? I think and it then, was. And then, then they, they went like, to Big Brother, which started is speedballing and like mixing in. And they went to, they got guys from Big Brother. They got people from uh, X on the Beach in the UK. I now think there's people from X on the Beach in the United States. Love Island. Love Island, Geordie Shore. It basically is like the premier nope it's the champions league of reality shows where it's like do you are you on a reality show it's i kind of like it because a lot of other shows would call that celebrity yeah it's not though but these aren't celebrities this is this is a show that reminds them you guys are need this money so let's go get it. Like it that's the, what yeah. a driving force in the show the main character is the money they all desperately need it is the premium Reality competition show. And what's good about it is it does it never acts like it's something more 
or less than it is. It's mm. like, we got a million dollars. We got Tej. Let's go. That's TJ. He's the A very specific relationship between the challengers and And TJ Lavin, who was- love, but he has the most annoying laugh. Yeah, he has a bully laugh. Yes. But- With his tongue like, ha, 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 And you're like, oh, man, you're being mean. They used to, didn't they have other people host it for a little bit? They did like a- I feel like The Miz might have been involved in some way that makes me uncomfortable. He usually hosts the reunions. Yeah. Um, but TJ's been the face of it. And then, yeah, this is like, um, for those of you who are over 32 or have stepdads, oh. this is basically like a blood sport kumite where they take all the best- they take all the best different styles mm. from around the world and have them compete That's in one a, term, tournament. You got me there. I got. I, What's yeah. up? <laughs> yeah. I got there at the end. You, I, everyone just heard exactly how our relationship yeah, works it. from the beginning to yeah. now. He just talks me into it. At first I I'm just, like, I am not with you on that. Is kind I of walk a good her idea. down. That is it. Yeah. I walk her down. Yeah, Kumite, Kumite is where I was like, I'm out. Yeah, it's a karate but, tournament. Okay, and Super. stepdads do it. No, but like stepdads love Jean-Claude Van Damme's movies. That's fair. There's that's the what got, That's what put in my step- life. I haven't had a stepdad yet. So. Or dads, but I don't have, you my know. My dad doesn't like karate movies. Sports. No, we're not a fight sport family. We're lovers, not fighters. It's a movie. My dad's a beta. Whatever. I gotta go take my my supplements. <laughs> also, sorry, dad. I don't know if that's a bad, I don't understand no. how those words work. I'm no, gonna dude. keep moving through. So da- this season- uh, so every season's different. Sometimes they'll break all these people up into like team, two teams. Sometimes it'll be partners. Sometimes it's every man for himself. This season is called Double Agents, which already, we've watched one episode, already uh, the contestants have demonstrated they do not understand what that means. I don't think producers understand what it means. Like, I think they just used a term and they were like, uh, that means we can do a bunch of like. It's like agents, but there's two of them. And he- it's like, nope. Because TJ said, because it's double agents, you're going to be in partners this year. And we both went, no, that's, no. Every single one of the themes from every season <laughs> yeah. sounds like Tej and five of his boys were sitting around ripping beers. Drinking Red Bulls. Drinking Red Bull vodkas, <laughs> Just smoking dubs and being like, what if you had to compete with your ex-girlfriend? And TJ's like, dude, I'm writing that down. And he goes, <laughs> What if you had to compete with like a dude you super hate? Right. Then you, and then you gotta come together and he's like, What? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, What about relatives? And they're like, bloodlines. Yep. It's all well, you're right. It's a good and then point. this one is like, okay, so I'm We're super out freaked of out. ideas. So like I watched a Jason Bourne movie and like, what if they're all Jason Bournes? Can mm. we call it Born to Run the Final? And they're like, <laughs> No. And they're like, okay, can we call it? born yesterday and they go no No. man and they go Mm -mm. double agent and they go what (laughs) and then they they just run with it they run with it the whole season uh nelson when he finds out that it's called double agents is like he's the dumbest human being on television i'm an agent now i gotta come up with a cool agent name like double nelson or double n or like Double end dog. And then he's like, nah, I'm going to go by double Nelson. I'm like, Nelson, honey, if you're a double agent, you don't give yourself a nickname that lets yeah. people know you're a double. It's the point. You have now you become the, the worst double agent I've ever seen. They would have you killed on site if you were in the CIA and they're like, we need a code name for you. And you go, double Dan. It's the dumbest. Like, that's, your, 
your name is Dan. Double Dan. So you're going to turn your back on us and... and, and Oh, Eva. It doesn't... We, why would you warn me? He's became a liability. He's so dumb. He's... I mean... He also... Yeah. Also, I would describe him as the liability of the channel. He's just a mess. But he's we'll good at competition. We'll get to him later right. because I have many thoughts on Nelson. This season, it's pairs. Uh, the way it was chosen was like there's one competition, a girl and a boy won. The girl got to pick who her partner was going to be. Everybody else was just like free for all, pick your partners. So it's randomized partners. It has nothing to do with seasons or allegiances. Some allegiances have like split up into different partnerships to have a bigger share the, of the, the power. The big brother house wants to spread out. Exactly. So it's like there's the, the, this is a shakeup of the power season. And there's also a lot of twists. So the winner of the challenge, the and it could change. We've only seen one episode, but it appears as though whoever wins that week's challenge becomes the what were they? They were called the double, the double agents. Agent. They're using that term. There too it much. is, the double agents, and the rest of the house votes in a blind vote, which is new. Uh, they get to vote for a couple, mm-hmm. a pair. Um, and then that pair, the one that gets the most votes, mm-hmm. goes into the elimination. And then the power couple, the double agents, get to pick the other couple that will face them in elimination. Yes. There's some interesting twists that happened at the end of the first one in this regard. We found out it was only a women's elimination. I'm not really sure how any of that's going to work. But they have, it's just the women competed. Then the woman who lost went home. And the woman who won got to pick between the two men who had been thrown in, which one would be her partner moving forward. Or or she could pick any partner. But this is a lot for anybody who's never seen it before. It's very confusing. But this season is basically that blind vote is going to introduce a playing field where Big Brother contestants have an advantage because that's the game they always play. Yeah. And uh, challengers are going to be spinning because they're not used to not being able to hold somebody accountable for their vote. It's the most common thing in the challenge. Somebody votes you in and two people who were just friends five seconds ago are now sworn enemies because the trust was violated. And now that's going to be secret. That was the most WWF part of it was like, if you did someone wrong, Mm. they could come back and get you. And then that would elevate a rivalry. Right. One of the greatest rivalries I've seen on any show had to have been the way that the Johnny Bananas Jordan rivalry played out on uh I forget which season it was, but Jordan was like, I'll put myself in against Johnny Bananas. I want to take out Johnny and then Bananas eliminated him. Mm. And you're like, What a satisfying play out of a rivalry that was. And then he owned it. He was yeah. like, Well, I I threw all my cards in and I lost. Yeah, but it was like, uh, that was a very, because they had been building for a couple weeks. They yeah. had talked shit to each other. And then it finally came down to them being like, all right, I'm going to go in against you. And yeah. then he lost. So this season's going to be interesting because the vote's going to be blind, but the double agents get to see who voted for who. So they have all this information that nobody knows they have. Yeah. I think from seeing one episode, I'm like, there's TJ's going to do that thing where he has a million different twists. Yeah. Because last year he got, what he wanted in that he got to design his own final and Which. call it TJ's final. But Woof. it was the, I mean, you've seen a lot of finals now. Where does that one rank in terms of like difficulty? It was child preparing mother a breakfast in bed bad. 
Yes. It was like, oh, thank you for the idea, but I'm not eating this disgusting oh, bacon. Oh, cool. Undercooked pancake batter mm-hmm. and eggs that were pushed around in a pan that are burnt. Mm-hmm. I love you. Thank you so much. Go help your dad clean up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't stop. Can't I'll stop. have a cup of coffee and, uh, yeah. you know. I never want to see eggs again. I'll go have a toaster strudel while you're outside. It was a bad final. TJ designed a bad final that he had hyped up that he was like, you need to earn your way into this final. And it was a garbage final. It sucked. It was a huge disappointment. Johnny won, but I remember it not feeling like even that big of a deal. Johnny won and it was like, that was his. And I'm like, what a lame one to end on. But it doesn't really matter. Last season was disappointing on a number of levels. I will just say, thank God there is no D this season. We don't have to edit around D and all of her weird racist stuff. Do you think she is... So for those of you that don't know, last season there was a contestant named D that went on Twitter uh, during the Black Lives Matter movement and tweeted anti-Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter stuff. Or she tweeted something like, of course I support Black Lives Matter. I've had sex with a black guy. She made a joke. I was like, okay, D, all right. And basically MTV was like, yeah, we don't play that. And it was, you know, in the height of everything. And so they had to it edit. Was just, they must it was see especially, people know they listened to the podcast. The people that are listening, I keep forgetting because you're here. But they're my listeners and I know they know because we talked about it. Yeah, you guys week. talked about it. But it was also like, that was also at the height of the corporations being performative. Mm. For them being like, well, a real, a real change might actually cost us some money. So we're going to do, oh, we'll, we'll, this. we're, we're gonna fire this person. They said something that you don't like. So they... I mean, you could have easily just edited it to make her look like an idiot. Like, they, yeah. they acted like they, they didn't have the power to edit. They acted like she would, like they discovered a war criminal in Argentina. Yeah. Like, they, they were like, oh, this It was like, a weird oh, way to handle is... it. I disagreed with it. Either way, it's not there. So, But it was hopefully... only the last three, but it, 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 made, the, it made the season suck. And yeah, that was, that. you were I very. I the season sucked anyway. But you were very passionate because I was back in. I was like, oh, this is fun. Whatever. I can get into this every Wednesday. And you were like, no, 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 no. We got to Oh, yeah, because I was trying to sell you on the challenge. Yeah, and and I wasn't sold. That's what happened. It was That was the season we watched when they were in the bunker, whatever they even called it. I I don't know. Don't remember. Total Reckoning, maybe? Um, So stupid. But it, it, from what I heard when I talked to Bananas... On, in that interview, he was like, this is the hardest season of the challenge I've ever done because the bunker messed with them. And then, uh, but I'm like, it didn't translate on TV. It was so boring on TV. Yeah. It really sucked. And you don't realize that the, the for those of you that never watched the challenge, a big part is they have this beautiful resort that they stay at that yeah. usually has a pool and a full gym. And they're always- Plenty of places to get drunk. But they're always in somewhere that's like very tropical. Yeah. And very a, a point that I've brought up to you several times. It annoys me that they never show how uncomfortably hot they are. Yeah, they edit around it. They'll just leave it in, in dialogue bugs. where, like, a girl will hook up with a guy and she'll be like, "He's his room had good air conditioning," and it's like, play that up more. Yeah, I'm a. Or the fact fussy... you said this too—that they keep the lights on all night. Hate it. I'm a fussy boy. Mm. If you told me that you're like, it, you don't it, say. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's humid in here. I'd be like, no, talk it up. No, I'm out. I would probably pull an Ashley. I'd probably yeah. be like, They're talking about me I and would, I don't like it. So I no, I'm I need a flat. I need a flat and I, I need a fly, ticket. I would just do a thing where I come around the corner and go, I need a ticket out of here. I need to get out of here. And they'd be like, Dan is freaking out. And that's like, Hunter. That's Hunter energy. Oh bro, I should have played baseball. <laughs> All right. Uh 
What was I talking about? We were talking about... I was talking about something, Dan. Teej. No. <laughs> Keep talking yeah, you were talking about the end of last season. Oh, we're, yeah. I was talking about how he tried about... to sell you on it, and I used a bad season, and that's yeah. kind of what made us go back and watch them all, because I was like, you don't get it. But here we are. you were buying are. in. You were in on it, but we now broke, you're fully in. We, bro- we, we shattered our cross-platform our cross platform idea for the challenge. I know. It wasn't for love. No. Almost was for the lifetime, uh, for the LMU. This is just a one-time thing. Yeah, but you're going to come on Bonfire and talk about it. Yeah, I know, you. but you're doing me a big favor. I oh. I think I said to them on this podcast last week, I was like, I kind of want to ask Dan to do it with me. Yeah, do it, dude. But now it feels weird. But it's not as weird because you we met with you doing my podcast. I don't know why it feels so much weirder now. Yeah, this is strange. It's weird. It's because we're lovers. We're also, <laughs> we're also <laughs> sitting on opposite sides of the couch, yeah. and I can see so much of your face that I normally can't, and I have notes. What, about what? Oh, I'm growing handsome. a beard. How handsome. You love You need it. a haircut really bad. I know. Okay, people are tuning out. Yeah. Let's talk about all the people. I had more notes about this season, but it doesn't matter. What matters are the people. Yeah. For those in the know, those of you who listen to, I mean, watch the challenge already. This season, no bananas, no Camilla, no Jenna, Zach. Those are the big no's, I think. No Jordan. No Jordan. Which? Might be relevant. We'll get there. Yeah. And also, this is no off of one episode. Somebody might leave, and then somebody comes in and replaces yeah, them. Yeah, they love to do that. They love to do a mid-season replacement. Yeah, something weird will happen. So we could get drunk and mush a face. Are you sleepy? Do you yeah. want to go to sleep? Uh, okay, here's the cast. Anissa. Lover. This is Anissa's 13th season. OG. She's awesome. I remember watching her when I was in college. Way back, yeah. Way back in the day. When it was road rules still. When it was real world versus road rules. Loved her. Really pushed for her to win the final. She has never won. She's the, she's the people's champ this yeah, season. Yeah, she's been loved and hated. She's been helped and she's been hurt by a lot of people in this house. She's a vet who makes good content, who I have watched evolve from then to now it hasn't been as stark of an, an evolution as like ct yeah. but you've seen her grow to become this like i understand my role on the show i know what i'm here to do Anissa i'll rules. give you the clip you want and then i'm gonna go out here and yada yada, yada i'm gonna do a, i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the perfect eye roll yeah in a confessional yes i'm gonna to say some... exactly what that drunk girl is doing in yeah. a way that makes it seem less scary i hope anisa hears this you fucking rule she rules um and things are going well for her so far this season. Double agent right off the bat. She's, uh, she's, and it sounds like a lot of people on the cast are pulling for her, which you love to see, but you know that that means something bad's going to happen. Yeah, it means she ain't going to win. She seems like she's ready to pull power moves this season. She's like, you guys have walked all over me forever, and now it's my season. She has uh, Cam, who looks up to her mm-hmm. as like an, a, a woman of color who's been doing this for a lot longer. Um, she's like, you are... I'm. That gives you kind of like importance, gives her an air of confidence, Anissa, to what, be looked at that way by Cam. If you're coming into the challenge and you've never watched it before, you need to understand that the challenge is very, a season of the challenge is very similar to the season, uh, season of the NFL. Whatever team is like 4-0 and hot and everyone is really talking about, mm. might not be the team that's hot at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They might hit a cold streak. They might have pissed some people off. They might have gotten into some eliminations against some people. So whoever you see coming out hot, don't think they're walking into the finals. Also, that's an important point. Thank you for bringing it up to like take into account there is a 
backstory very long to most of these characters that yes. you're seeing. That's you what I'm You might be coming in on chapter 15. You might be like, this guy is so cocky, but it might be for a reason that, you know, like if you're just meeting Anissa, you might be like, she hasn't added. And it's like, you we, don't know the backstory. If we would have watched the seasons before we watched the first season, yeah. like, that Wes Bananas Alliance would have blown my mind. I know. Would have blown my mind. saw the Wes Bananas teaming up thing before you knew that was last season. any of it. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, so that's Anissa. We're pulling for her. Yes. Uh, Ashley. Oh, sweet, sweet Ashley. So it's Ashley's eighth season. She's won twice. You only knew that she had won once. Yes. So that's a spoiler for you, but I'm she sorry. Twice. I'm it's sorry right. to this man. I called her mom the first time she won. It was very sweet. It was very sweet. Ashley has a proclivity for alcohol. She drinks. She's a booze bag. She likes to drink a lot. She's a booze bag. She, I can understand her mentality because she has what I like to call bowling alley mindset. You know why I think this sucks? Because we're both leaning forward like weirdos, but we well, can't not, right? I know. We mic. just look really uncomfortable. Well, yeah. Get comfortable. I am comfortable. Keep talking about Ashley. Um, Yeah. Ashley's got like um, carnival life mentality, you know, like- She's got that thigh tattoo. Oh, you hate like, that. You bring that up every time. Well, you see that thigh tattoo. Thigh tattoos now are popular. They're very popular. I'm not up on, I don't read tattooed. I Just don't. like, but you know, like women getting their legs tattooed mm-hmm. is very popular. I feel like Ashley's got one of those old school ones where you saw it and you're like, oh, you've lived a seasoned life. Like before anybody was drawn on their legs? Yeah, like people- Like, like, oh, you ran out of room already. No, no, no. Or just like, you have a tough life if that's where you pick your tattoo to be. Hmm. I don't know. It's, an, it's just a no, weird feeling I get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing that bums me out about Ashley is she, there's a sweetness to her. She's very sweet. Yeah. She's very sweet and she's a really good competitor. Important for me to know, I'm, uh, I do not follow these people outside of this show. I don't follow mm. their Twitter. I think I just followed Johnny Bananas on Instagram and it was just because he was on my show and I felt like he was going to check and I felt really bad. Johnny Bananas sent me a DM um, that I have in my request box. To join Cameo. Oh, what? Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't a fake account? I'm going to show it to you. Okay. I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll fill while you look it up. Vamp. Okay. Well. I need you to vamp. I don't follow these people outside of this. None and of them. I, I know a lot of people do, and I've and that's how I know that there exists a large group of fans who adore Ashley. Yeah. And I think what that says to me is there must be stuff she's saying off the show where she basically shows that who she is on the show is a character. Yeah. And that's fine. But I'm the kind of fan that needs to just believe it because otherwise I can't. Otherwise, why am I watching it? If you're just pretending, then why am I watching it? Yeah. I want to see. I don't know. So these could be the ones I say I like might be terrible. And I don't mean that. I agree with their worldviews. I think I feel pretty confident saying I don't agree with most of these people in real life. I bet. Have you found it? Yeah, read it. Okay, this is from Johnny Bananas. It's from March sixteenth. Is that this March? I don't know. Yeah, that's this March. Hey man. Hey man. He doesn't follow. Does this he is right you? as the pandemic's. Yeah, he doesn't follow me. Ne- yeah, neither of you follow. Okay. Hey man, we're launching campaign. It's a capitalized. It's the name, not a campaign. A thing called campaign. Yeah. A platform where celebs can, caps lock, get paid (laughs) to play video games online with fans. Oh, so. Twitch. Twitch then? (laughs) 
Uh, I'd love to get you on board. Had you just posted about video games? No. That's so weird. Stay safe and let me know if you need any TP. Exclamation point. Toilet paper. Johnny Bannon just offered you toilet paper. Is that is that an inside joke? No, it's because everybody was out of toilet paper in March. Ew. That you thought you didn't know. I went to the gym and I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. But everybody knows you go to the. Uh, Then he signed it bananas. But also he put four emojis. A a controller. Yeah. The fist, but the yellow one, so as not to offend. A banana and toilet paper. So I didn't know you were best friends with Johnny Bananas. I thought you were more of a CT guy. I am. Um, Follows you, though. Yeah, I think that's the same thing. I think I followed him and then he fo- I don't remember. Maybe I saw he was following me and then I followed him. Please don't fight with me about bananas. Um, so Ashley, I think, might have people that... What are we looking at now? Now, who's this from? This is the new podcast. Angela Babich? Don't know who well, that is. Well, she's verified, so I probably shouldn't read this unless we want to start a war. Read it. All right. Dan. Oh, my God. What's happening? <laughs> I don't know. Read it, though. Get paid to yeah. play video games with fans online or donate to your favorite charity. Those what? Are two things. Man, what am I going to do today? Should I Get play video money? games with my fans online or should I donate to my favorite charity? Oh, man. If only I had a third option. <laughs> Your fans pay to play and chat with you over choice of video game. To your fans, this is priceless. Don't speak for them. Yeah, dude. I'd love to get you on board on our new platform, campaign.t. Meanwhile, I'm doing an ad read for it, essentially, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay safe and let me know if you need any TP. That's uh, why I want you to read it. Angela. 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 I mean... That's oh, so, so funny that sh- this girl is Oh like, my God. I wish I knew before I read her She's entire like, message. hey, play video games for money and donate it to charity. Well, maybe she's super into Call of Duty. You don't know? Gonna call a booty. What's up? Nice. We fist pounded. That's nice. She's a voluptuous woman. <laughs> she's a very voluptuous lady. For those on an audience. Very looks out of place to offer money to play video games. All right. That's Ashley. <laughs> People seem to think she's really nice. Maybe she is. I th- I see a sweetness in her, but she's also, she's unstable at times. Yes. She, the thing about Ashley is, as you said it already, when we were talking about the psychology study, she can talk herself into circles. Yes. Also, it really bums me out when you see some, oh, wow, our dog's nose is so cold. <laughs> uh, and it went right on my feet. <laughs> so cold. Um it bums me out seeing Ashley um, get so much plastic surgery. Yes, this season she has had a lot of work done. Listen, I understand people get work done. I don't under personally. I don't understand it, but I also don't. I'm not in anyone else's head, so I can't judge anybody. Well, if you're going to, if you're thinking about doing it, I have some. Yes, you could start. can you marker me? I have in my head. Oh wow. I'm kidding. You're perfect. But it's a lot of plastic surgery she's had. And what did I tell you? No I, judgment on if you but it just feels like looks she's weird. hiding from something. In well, some it just way. looks in the confessional it looks weird. There's times where she looks like Ashley normal. Yeah. Like while they're filming. Yeah. And then in the confessional I'm like She's also brunette now, which she wasn't really kind of was before. It, her hair know. looks darker to me. But regardless, she's a sweet competitor. She's a sweet competitor. She's a sweet girl. She's a sweet garo. Uh, garo. And she's paired up with CT. The God. The God. 
Uh, all right, we can skip this guy and talk about CT. So CT, this is his 18th season. And if you're wondering, wait, CT like that CT? Yeah, yeah it's that CT. He's a dad now. He's, I read online, he's like in a, he's stuck. His marriage isn't good right now. Uh. So I think that's what we're seeing. We've seen a lot of evolutions of CT. First, he was like the drunk Boston loud guy who tries to fight everybody at the bar. Date, slept with every girl. Then DM happened. DM was a competitor. Which we watched the whole arc of. Yes. DM was a young woman who was eventually diagnosed with cancer. And she beat it. And then it came back. And when it came back at the second or the third time, uh, we lost her. And CT, as a person, has stopped, has, I was going to say stop our dog from eating the carpet. <laughs> uh, has, he's grown because of it. You just saw a change in him. He became more sensitive. He became more. He became fully formed. Yeah. He just became aware of what actually mattered in life and what didn't. Yeah. And then he had a kid and you saw that on him. And every I time will, he came back, he became this like voice of wisdom in the challenge. I will say out of any character I've ever watched on a TV show, it has been one of the most satisfying arcs to watch. CT. You get excited when you see him like he's your friend. He's You're like awesome. my guy. You yeah. do that with him, Darrell, and Leroy. Those Love them. Those are my top three. Uh, CT, Darrell, and Leroy. They're a good top three. And I feel like I led you in the right direction. Um, CT last season got eliminated by Jay, who is a lot like the Jay you guys know from this podcast. He was small. He wasn't very athletically intimidating. But he could hold on. But I guess he could hold on. Um, and CT had kind of come into it He'd gotten very comfortable in his role as the, like, I'll sit back here. You guys go crazy with your politics. And I'll just, every now and then, participate. But I'm a little too self-aware. And he had a dad bod. And this season, he said he doesn't have a dad bod anymore. He has a fatherly figure. That's good. He got in shape. He's here to compete. But, you know, we'll see how it, yeah, it says on his bio on the website, it says he's struggling through a rocky marriage. What? What a, what a terrible thing to Man, write about. Also, what a weird thing to put up with that your wife can easily see. Yeah. If I put up something that was like Dan Soder in a real pissing match with his girlfriend Katie right now, you'd be like, hey, can I talk to you real quick? Yeah. What's going on? But we all know you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on this season, Corey. Um, We've gone through a whole evolution of Corey. Corey's complicated. Corey's a hot boy. Mm. And, you know, I know we said this was the fifth major sport, but they're not technically athletes, so I can't objectify them. Uh, Corey's just a a dumb hot boy who every now and then has these really sweet moments, but most of the time they're not for you. They're for him. Yeah, he's a real, um, he's a great competitor. Mm. Must be doing something magical in the sack because he slept with almost every woman. And got him sprung. All of them. He gets the he gets those. He Kayla gets, was Kayla got all effed up by she Corey. She was loving him. Also, Anissa has, even had a, a bite of the fruit. I mean, that was surprising, and I didn't like it. You didn't like it. I didn't like Corey. And he hooked up with Camilla. Corey was getting He's, it done. He gets it done. He, and then he was on. Um, isn't he on Teen Mom? Something like that, because he just had another kid. So last season he was always talking about his kid. This year Damn, he's got another being kid. Being really, really good at sex. Has to be like being really, really good at violence. Mm. Small chance it's going to really pay off for you. (laughs) (laughs) More than likely, you're going to be put in a pickle. Mm. You know, like guys who can fight. It's like cool skill to have, but it's not also helpful. It's not cool when you get into aggravated assault charge because you collapse the guy's 
you it's know, going to f- cause more problems because you'll you'll enter into more fights. Yeah, you break you a guy's play. orbital bone and you got to go to state so prison. So you would fighters. argue that guys who are very good at having sex probably enter into having sex a lot easier because they know they're good at it. Yeah. But what if Corey's not good at it? There's impossible. It's not. It's impossible the way that he, the uh, the, impo- the women that he has had sex with on Dan, the show. Look at me. It's not impossible. Did you have sex with Corey? Dan. <laughs> is how you had sex Dan, with Corey? I think we should move on. Oh. I'm saying it with my face. No, I'm saying I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. There have been guys I lost my shit over when I was younger that mm, were not great. Sure. Uh, my point being is that, yes, if you are good at sex, you're willing to enter in more. If you've been complimented on it, mm. you're willing to get in, in there more. And, they, you know. I think everybody gets complimented on it because it's awkward to not. Sure. Have I told you lately, by the way? Have Thumbs I told up. you lately? Thank you. You're I welcome. usually like our report card system better. All right. Well, I'll get to work on it. Our suggestion so, box. Corey Our is, sexual suggestion box. Corey is partners with Tori. Tori, we are watching her first season on our re- rewatch right now mm-hmm. of are the Dirty we? 30. Dirty 30 is her first season. Okay. She has the boyfriend that she promised to have a baby with. If oh they my win. God. They said if we win this, babe, on the rookie season, if we win this, babe, let's have a baby. And they go, sorry, we can't come back for 31. We had a baby. And yeah, you're like, that's nuts. That's like when you see someone, and we didn't do this, but when you see people. Who get into a relationship. No, we didn't do this. And they they make like a lot of social media posts. And they're like, love is everywhere. I finally feel it. You're like, it's a bad look. It's It's, not not great. It's the same when one of my friends or someone you know, or someone in the entertainment industry gets a pilot and they put up on Instagram that deadline, the shot of the deadline article Mm -hmm. that's like, FX to develop super awesome television show about person posting this. And then six months later, you're like, what happened to that FX thing? And they're like, oh, it didn't go. It's like, yeah. I'm saying maybe don't post about love on Instagram until you lock it up. Until it's... Damn, that's what it's going to take? I'm wondering when I get a post on your Instagram. The engagement, maybe? On my burner account, I have all these posts. Oh, yeah? But it's mostly of your face with the eyes gone. Sick. So it'll be used as evidence in court. Sick. Sick. Uh, I'm kidding. Tori, what did you say? I'm kidding? Yeah. That's the scariest thing you could say after saying something like that. I was looking into the microphone like I was being filmed for a Netflix documentary. Oh, God. Tori bugged the hell out of me in her first season. On her fifth season now, which means you've got a lot of Tori backstory. <laughs> you don't even know. You got a lot of backstory. A lot of backstory. Uh, what? A lot of backstory. She, uh, so she's partners with Corey. She last we saw, she was engaged to Jordan. Jordan's not on this season. Um, he's very athletic. He's got. Did he lose a hand or was he, he was born, born that way? He was born that way. He's born with like I think one of his hands is like two. I don't know how to say this in a way that is Deformity. offensive. And I'm not looking it. to you to say it in a way that's less offensive. I'm just yeah, I'm not probably the best at that, but right. I I do um, believe you could classify that as a this, deformity. There's a, yeah, he has a deformity on his hand. A birth defect. Hands. Birth defect. See now I already feel like I said deformity and that was wrong. Please. Well, you called him a circus don't freak come earlier. For me. Uh, so stop. They um. They were engaged, but yeah. you told me you saw something. I was reading up on my girl, Queen Liz. You know me. Can't get enough of the queen. Queen Elizabeth? Yeah, Queen Lizzie. 
<laughs> Are you going to pick your nose the whole time? Queen. Can Beth- you just yeah. I don't know. I looked at, I was just scrolling on my phone this morning and like one of the ads was like an ad for an article where it's like, Tori and Jordan discuss why they amicably split up their relationship, which is obvious because it was the premiere of the challenges tonight. Oh. But. I don't know. Where you get your articles is very sus to me. You're always like, Yahoo News. News says. iNews. What? Apple News. All right. Um, so that's Tori. She's a. Uh, that's Tori's story. Apparently. She's ah. plans, she said she plans to be ruthless this season. So Everyone says that. Though. I know. It's what I just have to give the people. I have to convey. Everyone's got a target on their back. Devin. Devin sucks. I'm glad Myrtle is participating in this podcast by chewing as loudly as possible on that toy. Uh, Devin sucks. I can't She's sad stand chewing. Devin. Devin won Are You the One Second Chances, which is a show that I Googled to try to understand what it would take to win that. Are You the One is a show where an algorithm decides your perfect match, sure, but doesn't tell you and puts all those people in a house. And basically they have to like talk to each other and see who hits it off. And the goal is for everyone to end up with their perfect match. And if you do, you win. I think so. Uh, I'm sure it's more complicated than that. I'm also sure I don't care. Um, it's funny how all reality competition shows can be like, uh, yeah, you go in a house, there's a guy, if, if that's a guy, then you guys are in love, and then you guys win like a bunch and of money. And then there's a famous guy, and, there's, and it's, like, there's it's a just a famous, variation yeah. on the same thing. Yeah. The thing that is confusing to me is like an algorithm that picked off of a pool of whom? Like, did people have to apply to be on the show first? Easily. Because what are the odds that you and a guy who's your perfect match applied to be on the show it's pretty low so it's got to be like best match of what we've got here <laughs> do you think that is the future of dating in 50 years it's no because like... i genuinely don't think people want to be with their perfect match i think a lot of people are dysfunctional and they want somebody whose dysfunction matches theirs yeah nobody truly is like because if someone's perfect for you and you get and things don't go well then you've lost something devastating <laughs> Like if they or they're not the perfect you, person for you. Yeah, you don't. You only meet the perfect person for you when you're at the perfect time. If you yeah. try to just meet that person, you're not going to be a fully formed human. Oh, right? You are, Dan, just a step towards the guy I'm going to end up with. Got it. That's how it the works. Product. You're on. You're helping me get there. Yes. We'll both evolve. We'll we'll come out of this cocoon. And you in a, as a beautiful butterflies who will go other butterflies. Okay. And you are the person that I'm sticking all my tax crimes on right now. Okay. Okay, so, that's gonna hurt me. I'll well, be honest. Probably you financially. aren't the first, and I'm still dealing with the old ones. Guess what, lady? Lawyer up. Devin won that reality show about dating. On the show about dating, he was seen as basically this is what I've come to understand now. It's why I understand Devin and don't like him just as much. He thinks he's the bananas. He was the bananas of Are You the One? Which is like a show about love. It's a show where people have to show up vulnerable or it doesn't work. Which Whereas, is weird to be like, I'm the I'm the yeah. I'm the guy of that. He literally show. <laughs> I'm the this, guy of love. Well, he doesn't say that. He says, and you've heard him say, I'm a master manipulator. I can sell snow to an Eskimo. That's he, what he said all Because I just sold me to you right now. That was on Dirty Thirty. Even notice. He thinks that. Because this, it's like if Bananas left the challenge and went to the NFL. It's like he thinks he's the masterman. It's like you don't. I waited tables with a guy like Devin, and it took me 
two nights of post-shift drinks to want to fight him. Yeah. Devin Devin strikes me as that guy. Devin sucks, but I understand why he thinks he's in charge. It just is so uncomfortable to watch him think he's in charge. But Every time I see Devin's face, I want to be like, you didn't do your side work. Yeah, he def- he did not marry ketchups. No, no. And you think he, he put out sugar that. packets? You no. think he put the NutraSweet in there? No. Uh, he is. This season, there's no bananas, and so I'm super worried. He's gonna try to take that you, role. You pointed it out. I said the thing you miss when banana is isn't on a season is he's kind of the narrator. He knows the sound bites that the producers are looking for. Sure. He knows that it'll be helpful to a viewer if bananas goes. I saw blank. Do blank. What blank should have done in this situation is this. Because then you go, oh, yeah, he's right. That is what they should have done. Little things that you wouldn't notice. And then you pointed out, Devin is trying to take that role this season where he's giving the producers the line. I call it the role for. of narrator. Yeah, he's There's basically like a player the that always plays the, the part of narrator and Johnny Bananas does it better than anybody. And it seems like CT could have slid into that role, but he's not in a good place right now. And so I really can Let's see it going to Devin. And check his bio. Me out. He's in a rocky marriage. Uh, Devin's partner, I didn't write down. Who's Devin's partner? Uh, Another lady from Are You the One? It is. I don't know. I don't remember. I'll get to it eventually. I'm sure it's in there. When I saw a partner, I wrote it under one of the names, but nice. not under the other one. Uh, Darrell. Darrell is the best. You love Darrell. If you're listening to this, you're a big Darrell fan. He's 40 mm-hmm. years old. I love Darrell. I'm all about Darrell. If if CT ain't winning, I hope Darrell is. Darrell won four finals, and he won them back to back to back to back. He's the man. He's the man. He's the man. He's he got hasn't a won one in a while. Has a, I don't care. Darrell, you rule, dude. I'm I'm all about Team Darrell till the day I die. He's funny. He does stuff. Do you remember the Do you remember the season we were watching? It was season twenty nine. How do you remember that? Because it's the one before Dirty Thirty. Uh, That's what we were watching. It was oh, season twenty nine. Yeah. The best season ever. The one in Thailand. Yeah, the uh, Invasion of the Champions. Invasion of the Champions. We have argued that is the greatest season We think, yeah, so somebody kind of challenged me on it on Twitter. <laughs> uh, and I was like, I don't know. Maybe it was a bad take. I don't, it was just an interesting enough season, I think. I loved it. Yeah. Darrell, do you remember when he made fun of... Um, Dan's bad with names. Nelson. Now you're covered. Nelson, thank oh. you. But when Nelson was talking and then Darrell was like, blah, 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 like doing that thing. Oh, yeah, Do you remember yeah, yeah. that? Yes. That instantly made me a Darrell fan for life. He's like the 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 subtle court jester. He's like, funny. He's, he's genuinely. Not to, it's, it's kind of like Anissa humor. Where Anissa will just be like, we understand what this is. Just go and do your stupid thing. Yeah, but I would say Darrell, Darrell is objection, objectively funny. Objectively. You got it. All right. You know, it's, I just watched here's what you, you do don't the know about living with Katie is she can look at you sometimes and you're like, Cause are just, these not words? Because earlier he said objectionally and I then he looked at me like a, like a, did I do a boo boo? I didn't I look like, at you like a boo boo. Yes, What's this boo boo face? That you were like, uh, listen, are these people know uh, that I poop and I don't flush. I like, make mistakes. You were like, oh God, is I it make bad? mistakes, woman. You get in your head because you're like, she's going to correct me. But most of the time, you talk yourself out of the right... It doesn't matter. What if we broke up on this episode? (laughs) It was just like, you're like, how did this happen? Uh, So we love Darrell. Darrell's great. Fessy. Fessy is a guy that I doubted when he said... He's from Big Brother. Yeah. 
Last season, I think, was his first season. I think so, too. And he was like, I'm a D1 athlete. And Katie saw him and be like, roll he goes, my eyes. look it up. Look it look up. Look it up. And this dude was a he D1 was a athlete. was a D1 athlete. And a very talented tight end. And to Dan's credit, it shut him up right away. And I apologize. Dan I went in and was like, I've, you're a liar. And then as soon as he wasn't a liar, Dan was like, and and for that, sir, I will root for you. for the in- You rooted for him the whole season. Yep. Now he's back and he's dressed like the young rock. And I don't like it. He wore literally a black tank. Uh, a black turtleneck with a chain around his neck. I'm sure Only he had a the fanny, rock. I'm sure he had a fanny pack on. Only well. the rock. Very strange. Uh, but Fessy seems strong and he's one of the best competitors. He won. He's Anissa's partner. He's not happy about being Anissa's partner. Anissa insists that she's going to bring it this year. We'll see. Fessy doesn't seem that smart to me. Yeah, he doesn't. But he, you know, everybody, a big thing they're doing this season is asking everybody what they're here for. And Fessy's thing is like, to basically prove that he's the athlete he always thought he was, and that's not a good. That's idea. not a good. One. Not a good angle. That's not to be like I didn't make it as an athlete, so I'm here to prove I'm I'm an athlete. So I'm no, an but athlete. you already proved you're not. So do something different. Yeah. But he's fine. He seems fine enough. He's in the Big Brother Alliance, which is making power moves this season, for whatever reason. I can't stand Josh, so that's why I'm rolling my eyes. Only you can see me roll my eyes. Okay, Jay. Uh, it's Jay's second season. Last season, he had a rough go where people just kept throwing him in the elimination. I think he was in like three eliminations in a row. Over and over and over. And he won two. He won two in a row. He knocked the Israeli kid out. Then he knocked CT out. And then his third one, he got bounced. I I thought it was the fourth he got bounced. But you're probably right. You're better with numbers. I don't know. He, um, his bio, it describes him as an all-time super fan of the challenge. He's from Survivor. That's how he got here. Um, But he's got big brother energy to me. Uh, not a lot of people from Survivor on the show, so that might explain why he was so alone last season. It's not mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of other Survivors you can. Yeah, they up also with. use. I've seen they use American Ninja Warrior. They use uh, Beast American Master. Beastmaster. Is it Ultimate Beastmaster? You know that show. Um. So Jay, Jay is apparently a huge fan of the show. I just wish it showed more. He does yeah. things that I'm like, if you really liked the show, you wouldn't pull that move. Do you want to try to get her up on the couch, or you just want to stare at her? I was wondering if she we should put her in her kennel. Okay. Because she went over there. Do you want to do that? It's easier for you to take your headphones off. <laughs> oh. She just immediately turned her head to the side and was like, Why? Do you want to come up here? Do you want to come up here for the podcast? Come on. No, you got to come this way. Come on. Tell her. Up. Uh, oh. There you go. What? No. Not that way. She just... Um, so what's happening right now is that we have the mic set up really funny. It's actually harder to set two mics up to a laptop than one might think. And so there's a lot of chords and stuff, and Merle's just confused. And uh, anyway, here's Dan. Hey, I'm back. Hey, everyone. I'm here with my our third co-host, Myrtle T. Ploppington. All right, Josh. Josh stinks. Josh stinks. He's from Big Brother. He's got a fat tongue that gives him a lisp. <laughs> he does. And I just can't stand Josh. Just something about him. He looks like an ex-boyfriend of mine who's got stung in the face by a bee. Yeah. It's something um, I can't. I look at him and I'm like, I don't trust you. He just does the thing where he's like, you ever worked at at a place where someone starts using the jargon too aggressively? That you're like, yeah, man, it feels like you're kind of faking it right now. Yeah. When I'm they're like, like, chill, chill, brah. Yeah, dog. Yeah, or when they're just like, I'm in the weeds. And, and they're like, you're trying to use too many terms. I'm, really, I'm realizing now that you love this show because you waited. These are all the people you meet when you work at a restaurant. 100%. You don't meet... Listen, 
one of the best parts of meeting comedians and being able to do comedy was like, oh yeah, I'm very similar to a lot of these people. That was comforting. Yeah. What's great about waiting tables in New York City is you get to see all the different types of crazy that's out there. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're also not exactly where you wanted to be right now. What are you going through? Yeah. 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 That's, you know, I don't know. But yeah, I think, I think it reminds me of a lot of people I worked with at a, in a restaurant where you're like, because people you work at the restaurant can become lifelong friends, but most of the time there's just like these brief things where you're with them and you're like, you're like, find the good thing about them yes. and that'll be the person I like. And that's what this whole yeah. freaking show is. Is yeah. like, I don't know. That was really good. Thanks. Freaking. Man, I've held back on a lot of words. I don't know what okay. I'm supposed to say. Okay. So, but I would say, yeah, like it worked, like the energy of the cast of this is always like a new, you're working at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So it feels like you come into pre-shift That's on episode gr- I one. I didn't put it together until hearing you be, compare three of them to somebody you worked with. And I'm like, oh, I, you're right. Yeah. But Josh is the one you work with who sucks. Josh is like, you're like, who am I closing patio with? And they're like, Josh. And you're like, oh, he's not going to know how to close out the receipts at the end of the night. He's not going to be able but to then count But then CT comes in for the dinner shift and you're like, what up, what up, what up? And he's like, <laughs> what's going on? And you're like, well, he's like, what's up, kid? And you're like, nothing. Are you closing dinner tonight? I'll meet you guys at Ohula Hands for beers after. And he's mm. like, yeah. And you're like, he's married. To Deborah, the bartender. They're cool. They're really cool. Devin's the one who's always wanted to be a bartender, but he's a server, but he acts like hopped on a bar shift because this person had to leave because they're actually him. allergic to shellfish and they didn't know. But he, then they act like they're a bartender now. And you're like, you he, covered one shift, Devin. Yeah. He also explains the specialty cocktails to tables that aren't his. Where you're <laughs> oh, like, God. what are hey, you? Hey, I see. Did you guys hear? I see you're drinking oh, something out of a martini glass. Oh, little Palo Alto. Anybody tell you about the Parisienne? Because I think you Listen. Like it. Uh, listen, I don't want to. I don't want to tell Dan. Dan's great, and I'm glad you guys have him as your server. But I would tell him to try the Trace Rijos Reposado with that same. And you're like, Hey, Devin, hey, get away from my table because mm-hmm. they're like, not going to tip you, and now they're going to take away from my tip. Yeah, now you're fing me over. Yeah, Devin. I said the f word. Oh my god, Aggressive. someone might be bit. <laughs> uh, so Josh is annoying. Um, but in his uh. He's never won an elimination, by the way. Never Seriously? won even an elimination. Damn. Yeah. Who's got the best elimination numbers? Laurel? Laurels are good. Laurel's I think like Cara's, eight and one. Cara's are pretty good. Cara's like, I'd probably put her like 10 and one. Camilla's are good. Camilla, don't, Camilla doesn't quit. Nani might break even. Oh, we didn't say Cara Marie's not on this season. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cara Marie's not on the season, nor is Laurel. I mean, she wants to go out, but we got to get through this. This is going to be three hours long. Can you focus just yeah. for a few more minutes? And then we'll go back to, we'll hit the gym. Um, <laughs> watching him run defense on Myrtle is very fun. Uh, Cam, you don't, don't know, know Cam yet. I don't know, I don't know Killer Cam. Because I think Cam's first season might have been Vendetta's, which comes after Dirty 30. Cam is, a, is somebody who I did not like at first. Okay. She comes on very strong. She's got like 18 nicknames for herself and she's always saying them. Which she's could like the be, Apollo Creed or Babe Ruth. It could be because of editing, but it feels like every soundbite she has, she's like, kill a cam and saying it again and again. And you're like, we understand you go by kill a cam. Yeah. She probably didn't think they were going to use all of them. Yeah. She's like, I just needed to get one in. Yeah, and but they like, ended up using use all them all. Um, so I've, uh, over the seasons, I've actually come to really, really like Cam. I think she's petty. I think she makes decisions. She's good at thinking ahead and planning, but she's really bad at sticking to her plan. Mm-hmm. She lets petty stuff 
Myrtle! She likes petty <laughs> stuff to interrupt her progress. Yeah, so she's she seems like she's good in the game, but that she just talks a lot of shit and sometimes talking a lot of I'm I don't know if I can even say that. When you when you when you have a big mouth, it can get you really in trouble in the challenge. And it seems like that's Cam would be a person that I would find annoying, except she's dating Leroy. Well, so this is a reveal this season. We find out she's dating Leroy. You guys might not know Leroy yet. We'll get to him in just a second. He is the best. The best. But I think finding out she was dating Leroy was what solidified for me. Like, yeah, the person I think Cam is, is who she is. Okay. Because you wouldn't, you'd like to think, because sometimes you like people, but they're bad at picking other people. Mm -hmm. But you'd like to think if somebody you really like, really likes this other person, then you'll like them too. Mm -hmm. So when I heard that, I'm like, okay, I'm not wrong. Cam is awesome. Mm -hmm. But she, but parts of her do bug me. And I wish she would stop. Like even in this first episode of the new season, you see her make a decision based on something kind of petty. That's like, that's not the best reason for you to go after that person. If you're going to go after them, fine, but have a plan. Don't let it be like, he just now offended me, so now I'm coming for him. Mm -hmm. It's not going to pay off in the long run to be that reactionary. And she also celebrates quickly and doesn't... It, once you've watched enough seasons of the challenge, you know never to give the producers a soundbite that they can turn around and use to make you look dumb. Yeah. So when you get a W of any kind, if you like screw somebody over and it's successful... Unless they're like off the show and you're sure of it, you should never look to camera and be like, ha ha, you're out of here because somebody's going to twist the plot and yes. you're going to look stupid. Yeah. And already in the first episode, Cam was like, ha ha, it worked. And it's like, careful, Cam. Careful. And well, that was the part where you saw, and I guess moving on to talking about Leroy, mm -hmm. Leroy was like, oh no, I made a big move and I think it backfired because I didn't know how this was going to go down. This is Leroy's... 12th season. Leroy is Nope. The, yes. 12th season. Leroy is man. one of my favorites. He's up there with CT and Darrell. Um, I think he is a good dude and an incredible competitor. The reason I think we originally liked him is because a lot of times in partner seasons, you see them like get mad at each other a lot sure. of times because they're set up as rivals. Most times you're partners with somebody that you don't really like and they use that against each other a lot. But Leroy was always like, nah, she tried her best. It was on me. That was my fault. I messed up. Like he wasn't afraid to own when he would make mistakes, yeah. which nobody does on this show. Yeah. And so you can kind of just relate to him. I think he was the first character you related to. Really. I liked him. Yeah. I just liked him because he was um, honest and he was like, yeah, I screwed up. That kind of sucks. And we got some drama between us, but we're trying to get through it. And you're like, man, Leroy, you're the coolest. And he benefited from like, Bananas would help him out a lot with the politics stuff. Well, he became Bananas' like boy it. and that was, I love Bananas. So I was like, all right, Leroy and Bananas, I'm cool with. Yeah. I liked Leroy because he humanized Bananas to me. He made, yeah. he would like take the edge off of him. Yeah. He was like the best. But anyway, so they're dating and they appear to be coming into this. They've been dating long distance, which is also interesting because now they're essentially living together. But they're coming into this with a plan to be smart about it. Mm -hmm. I worry they're over planning it. I know I just said that Cam doesn't plan enough. But it like I heard that they were sleeping in different rooms. That was like a strategic move of mm -hmm. like you hear different intel based on what room you're sure. in. So we should put one of us in each room so that we're not hearing the same info. Yeah. Um, 
Very smart. I was like, that's Very awesome. Smart. Love that. But then you see them being like, okay, we also, now that we know this is a pairs season, we shouldn't pair up with each other. And then also because of this, we shouldn't do, and they're like, oh, they're almost overdoing it. Yeah. Like. That happened a lot last season with people overdoing it as far as like being a pair. And it was actually, man, uh, Jordan and she's on this season. Last season? Um Who's the girl that Jordan was engaged to that we were just Tori. Tori. Last season, Jordan and Tori kept it kept being a thing of Jordan being like, I'm here to get Tori to the finals. Yeah. Tori has to win. Tori and you're like, you guys are pushing too hard on that thing, and you're gonna expose yourself in a different way that ends up getting you in trouble, which I think happened. Yeah. With like Jordan wanted to go in to get a red skull and it was a the bar game and he has one hand. Yeah. So it was like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. But then it was like, once he got eliminated, Tori's like, I don't have anybody. And then everyone's like, you guys were, they were gunning for Tori. Now we got a gun for her. It was just, a, yeah, you can't. It's, it's tough. I'm, I'm, I'm happy the two of them are together. I'm scared of what it's going to do to them. Being a couple on the challenges. Tough. Nani. Uh, Nani is in her 10th season. I, I'm out on Nani right now. I don't know where you stand on Nani. She just, she's just bugging um, me. Not feeling it. Nani just feels like Nani's she's, a very Nani's one of the best competitors. She's not though. She's not bad, but she's she, she sticks around to the end consistently. Mentally, yeah, but she can never do it. She yeah. gets real close and then can't do it, and it's because mentally she lets everything get to her. Yeah. Every little thing. She's, she's the most like, emotional person on the show. Yes, she cries a lot, which I do too, girl. But it's a lot, a lot, and it's. A lot of when she's crying, being like, and it's not fair. It's like, yeah. that's not productive crying. Have yeah. a productive cry. Yeah, cry get about it what out. you're actually crying about. Don't be yeah, like, you, no. I call that fart crying. Yeah, do you? You're just farting. Good, you're not, yeah, she's you're not just pooping. farting out her face. Like, if you're going to go poop cry, you Don't like, flush, just poop. Hold on now. Now you're just bringing in personal stuff. But you're like, when you when you poop cry, you're like, Ugh! Yeah, and then afterwards you feel better because you like, poop cry. God, I got some room. But when you fart cry, you're just going like, everyone is mean. I know, and, and then the like, whole room smells. Yeah, exactly. See? Sucks. She's apparently, according to her bio, motivated by a happy relationship at home. Uh yeah, which to me um she'll mess it up. She that has is the found that is the way, live laugh love of bio. Yes, she has found a way to to make a love interest drama every season, to the point where last season it was with Casey and everybody was like, "Why? Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing?" Um, and so that I don't understand. Um, she her and Teresa are enemies and they're both here this season. So that yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, her, her bio also says she has a sturdy list of allies that she hopes will help her out this season. And I would argue that her allies have helped her out a lot in the past and have taken her pretty far. And she hasn't really ever done anything for them. So I don't see why they would step up and help her this season. I don't Yeah. No. Um, who she partners with. I forget. I, don't, I honestly don't Okay, know. we're bad. Nelson. Nelson, I don't... We've already talked about Nelson. Yeah, Nelson I don't really like. But he did have a couple of things we've seen in the past few seasons where he's very good in conflict. Great The moment where Ashley was losing her mind and he's like, no, no, she just wants the cameras on her. Ready? Put the cameras on Ashley, everybody. And like he talked her off of a ledge. And then we we found out why he's so good at that. 
strip club manager. That's right. I forgot. He knows how to handle Nelson. Women melting down in pasties and high heels. Strip club manager. And I and I should have known because he's been dressing like a strip club manager the whole time. Yeah. But it's one of those things that when you hear it, you go, that's it. That yeah. explains also all explains of it. Also explains how he knew how to snap Ashley into place. Yep. It also explains- uh, Like a cattle dog. Why when <laughs> CT, a bouncer, got heated about something, he immediately talked him down and was like, we're not trying to disrespect you, man. We're just trying to figure out why you're so upset. Um, and he like handled him really, really well about the DM stuff. Like he's CT very a good in conflict. No, I'm just saying CT looks like a bouncer. Oh, He'll piss for off a sure. big guy if you're, for sure. If you're yeah, Sandy. I mean, I was gonna. I said that because CT should have been a bouncer. Yeah, he, 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 can, he might have been at some point. I know be, I went can, to a bar once in Boston, and one of the Boston, one of the real world kids was bartending. That's pretty cool. That short one who dated the blonde one. No idea. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, Nicole. That's the fifth yawn in the. Yo, last dog. Five it's one thirty in the morning. I know you talk a lot, Nicole. She likes gals. Oh! Who is an oldie. I don't think she's been... I don't think she appears in any of the seasons you haven't seen. I really think her last season of memory might have been... Dirty 30? Is she in Dirty 30? Or yeah. is she in the one before that? Yeah, yeah. I think. I don't remember. She's not in Dirty 30. She was she's in 29. before that? I don't remember. Yeah. Either way, we haven't seen her in a while. Nicole is one of my least favorite characters of real world road rules challenge history. She's just... She's a meathead. She's a... And you nailed it. You pointed out... First of all, she's from Staten Island. Yeah, I think so. But her accent is... Sounds Boston. From Staten Island and Boston and then weird. It's sometimes I just... It's an amalgamation of every borough accent in the East Coast. She's just adding in words that it's like, that's nobody's way of pronouncing that. Well, like, listen, there's like a streak of... You could call it like um, the Mid-Atlantic accent, which is like a mix of either Philly and Baltimore. Yeah. Where they got that like gay hang. Yeah, she's got that a little. She's got that a little bit. She's got a little bit of the Minnesota sometimes. No, but then she's got the hard... She Like the way she says her eyes or like... It, it, she draws him Truthfully, out. Truthfully, she was telling a story. In New York, she like goes down, but then she says, girls. She was she was trying to explain something about somebody liking girls. And she said, I don't know if she's ever been with a gal. To the point where I thought she was saying gal. And I was like, what a weird way to talk. And then I realized that's how... So some combination of some accent has led her to say gals. On the and season we watched... So annoying. It is. On, on the season we watched, 29, she... Had a crush on Cara Maria and was hitting on Cara Maria. Openly. openly and was obnoxious about it. Like, even said, like, I will beat these women down with my persistence until they finally give in and hook up with me. Yeah, She's like, then, that's how I roll. And then she liked Laurel. And then Laurel had feelings. Laurel had never been with a girl before. But it was a very beautiful moment, it. which we found... Um, What's her name? Uh, Camilla. Camilla handled incredibly. It was the moment I started to like Camilla again, where she yeah. sat Laurel down and was like, have you ever felt this way about a girl before? It was what beautiful. about it scares you? Like she, it was a it was really beautiful. interesting conversation to see but, on TV. But Nicole Man, sucked. she is such a meathead. She she's sucks. still like, if she was a dude, she'd be like, 
Yeah, you want to let me get in that bus? What's up? She's like Bear. You let me smash? If you watch the challenge and you've seen Bear and the way Bear was with Kalo and he was like, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep telling her she's the most beautiful and that I'm absolutely in love with her yeah. until she caves. And then the second she caves, they're like, okay, I won. I'm done. Like, yeah. that's Nicole. Nicole was very like, yes. I want both of these gulls. This gull left. And now I want this gull. But this gull's never been with a gull. If I can't have that gull, I'm going to have that gull. And if I can't have that gull, I'm going to eat a lot of peanut butter. Oh, my God. I love peanut butter. And then I'm going to eat a lot of peanut butter. Oh, my God. Lot, and then, but then like, one butter. of the girls would leave the galls, and she would be like, I would love that. It was crazy. <laughs> Laurel got eliminated, and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to so do. So I just don't know, Nicole. Yeah. And she's a cop. So I'm just, she's not my fave. But she can beat that ass. She can't take down Big J, though. Of course not. Her right partner now. is Devin. Aha! Devin's partner is Nicole. They're oh, the perfect couple the for reason. us to dislike. Yeah. We both were like, perfect. Love yeah. that. Get them out heel, of here. Heel tag But I'm team. sure they'll make it to the final. Uh, only a few more. Then we have Teresa. Uh, she's- Who I remember. She hooked up with Wes. She's She was Minnesota. Wes's partners on uh, uh, Rivals. Rivals. Wes's partner, or maybe on X's. X's two or three. Battle of the X's two. Uh, she's Rivals with Nani. She's- been five years away from the challenge, so I don't think you're going to see her again until now. Um, she was married to an NFL player. I didn't know this. Mm -hmm. TJ Jones, a wide receiver. He played for the Lions and the Giants, and I think now he might play for the CFL. Mm -hmm. so she, They have two kids, and she was like being that, and then oh, she was cool. like, all right, I'm coming back now. Mm -hmm. I just don't like her. I like that, but I don't like her, so okay. I'll see if she's different, but we could I really not have a lot of feelings about her. her. We couldn't stand her. I, could, I, didn't like her I didn't like her with Wes. I found her to be spiteful. Yeah. And manipulative. Just like Wes. He Just like off. Wes. So. We'll see if she's her own person. Tori we talked about. We think her and Jordan broke up. Yeah. We don't really know why. Don't know. Um, Big T. Very funny. She's this is very Big funny. T's third season. Last season, I think she hurt her foot and had to leave, right? That was her. Was that two seasons ago? Yes, that was last season. She's very funny. Very funny. She's very involved this season. Yeah, she's in. And she's, you know, her partner is a guy that's... She's partnered with a rookie. From America's Got Talent. His name is Joseph, but she called him Jacob. And they were like, that's not his name. And then she's like, sorry, Jason. And they were like, no, that's yeah. not his name. He, I think they're out next I week. think so. He's so forgettable. that and, and his reality show does not translate at all. No. You've no. been on America's Got Talent. That is... This is a talentless house. I honestly felt bad for him in the first episode because he was sleeping in that dome and I was like, this guy doesn't know what he's getting into. Her bio on the on the thing says, though, that she cobbles together a ragtag crew of rookies, which is she had the only bio that said something about what happens this season in mm -hmm. a very plain way. So maybe she doesn't leave. Mm -hmm. Or maybe that's exactly why they put that in her bio. Or you can switch partners. Or so maybe, maybe she switches partners. Uh, but Joseph... While I have him here, he's one of the game's youngest rookies. He has he grew up with eleven older siblings, and somehow Dang. you can tell um, he's a competitive motocross racer. Pretty cool, but again, doesn't really. I mean, he could be a Tej favorite, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be good at athletic like, stuff. This guy's sick. Yeah, this guy. This guy's this guy rad. Rips. This guy yeah, rips. This guy pops wheelies. Yeah, this guy's. This guy bikes. Yes. Hard. We're losing steam fast. on it. But it's gaining momentum. He, he was on I mean, the quarterfinal of America's Got Talent. Damn. He didn't even win. He doesn't even have talent. Gary Veter got that far. Shout uh, out Gary Veter. All right. Then the last um, vet that we have is Wes. It's his 14th season. He sucks. 
I don't like Wes. I think he's phony. I find him somehow more phony than Bananas. I've heard he's a good guy outside of the show. Apparently he like runs businesses and stuff and helps he's people He's very out. intelligent. You can tell Wes is very intelligent. Something about but him Wes I can't stand. loves to tell you how intelligent he is. Yes, constantly and how much he played soccer. And you're like, okay, Wes. All right. Yeah. Cool. Weird. You are exactly every guy I went to high school with who was on the soccer team. It was every, it's also every new kid at your school. I just realized he might be the guy I had a crush on in middle school that made fun of me. And that might be why I don't like him. Probably. We're working through it. We're getting through it. Rookies this year. Strange choices uh, that there is a, I don't know why it says Nelson. That's clearly not somebody's name. Um, Two Ambers. Two new Ambers. Amber G? There's an Amber B and an Amber M. So no. But uh, two Ambers is two Ambers ambers? too many. It's just (laughs) too many. I thought one of the Ambers, or is that not her name, was Melissa, the British girl from No, that is, I believe, Gabby Golly. There's somebody whose first name I deleted because it just says Nelson, and I know that's not their name. Hmm. Well, Leo Rush. I know those. We'll get there. Let's okay. just Amber is from Big Brother. Her mm-hmm. partner is Jarrell. Uh apparently she on her season of Big Brother came out of the gate too strong, put a massive target on her back, ooh ooh, and got evicted early. But she's a nomadic free spirit. I think that's the girl with the curly hair. Yes. Um then there's Amber Martinez. Oh, Nelson is her partner. That's why it says Nelson. There's Amber M, who's from Are You the One. She's like a, I, from her bio, she seems like a Sylvia type to me. Mm-hmm. She's partnered with Nelson, so I really, truly don't care about that partnership. Okay. Um, she seems a lot, like a lot. Mm-hmm. Gabby Allen, her comp is Melissa. She's from uh, Love Island UK slash Celebrity Big Brother yes, UK. She made it I- to the finals for both. I it makes me miss Melissa. She looks like Mel- it. O- she almost looked like at first Melissa had a lot of work done, and mm. I said that's more work than is okay. And then I realized, oh, it's not Melissa, so it's <laughs> fine. It's just a different person. <laughs> um, she cried. She big cry for no reason. <laughs> she's coming for that Nani crying title. Yeah, Nani better better turn on the waterworks. She's a professional trainer and fitness star, and a bit of a flirt. Ugh. And she's real pretty, so we kind of know where that's going. Yeah, she's going to hook up with someone. Pretty predictable. She's probably going to hook up with another rookie. I hope she doesn't hook up with Nelson. Oh, wait, she's not the one paired with Nelson. Yeah. I don't know who she's paired with. I didn't write it down. Joseph Allen, we just heard about Leo Oh, I told Rush. you. She's she's paired with Leo Rush. Okay. Leo Rush is another rookie from the WWE. Yeah. So what do Former you know about him? Former cruiserweight champion. What do you know about him? Former cruiserweight champion. You said that. He was Bobby Lashley's manager for a little bit when Bobby Lashley had a run with the Intercontinental Championship. Leo Rush is like a really, um, he's a smaller guy, mm. but he does a lot of high-flying moves. Great worker. Mm. Great on the mic. Really yeah, funny on the mic. he already came at CT in yeah, the first and, episode. He's not afraid. Yeah, I mean, uh, I figured that because he got to the WWE, which is the top in professional wrestling. Yeah. And he actually had a significant run where they were like, they pushed him as a cruiserweight champion. Then they pushed him as a manager. So he had a lot of TV time. This is probably just a way for him to be like, okay, WWE's done with me. Let me go see if I can make money. And maybe he's trying to be the next. Miz? Mike. Yeah. Well, you know, Miz went from there to the WWE. I know. 
And I think the only reason he came back was because he was so successful in WWE that he could host. He, um, he seems fine. We like him. Yeah, he was. I, I liked him in the WWE, so I'd like to see how he does. It was a strange thing for him to tell CT that he, pref- like, for a living, I'm I can throw guys twice your size. Which is really funny because um, in it's wrestling, not real. yeah, it's it, it's called a shoot or a work. If yeah. it's a work, it's they're not like, dumb. My fans are smart. They know shoot versus work. Yep, that's right. Is this a shoot or a work? Of work. This is a work. So shoot. your fans don't know. And it's they, a and shoot. It's a shoot. You're being honest. (laughs) A shoot means you're being honest. So when he, when they, a lot of guys, they'll, they'll talk tough. And you're like, yeah, you, what he said to CT was, he was like, I flip guys bigger than you for my job. But it's like, yes, with their assistance. Yes. You can't, don't you know, body slam someone. Big J always talks about that. He's like, a standing suplex. Takes someone else being like, I will balance I will myself also on go you. With, yeah. yeah, but it like it you, but you're setting yourself up for CT to go. Yeah, it's fake. Like yeah. you walked right into that. CT yeah. didn't say it. He didn't say it. But respected he the biz- he protected the business. Um, I. Oh, there's one more. Okay, L- uh, Lolo Jones, Our Olympic athlete. And if you're like, you mean Lolo Jones, the woman who was an Olympic athlete who competed in both the Winter and the Summer Olympics, and like her whole storyline was that she was a virgin. Yes, that Lolo Jones, the Olympic champion, world champion. I don't know if she won any medals at the Olympics. Hmm. Did she? I don't know. I could look it up. Check it out. It she uh is competing on the challenge. Yeah. I understand when we branched out to other reality shows. I was hesitant at first. She's never been on a reality show unless we're counting the Olympics as a reality show. And then things are getting very blurry for me. Yeah. Then things are just, it's If the all... Olympics are a reality show, I have to reassess a lot of That's things. That's a lot. That's a lot of things to think about. Also, listen to me. If you are a collegiate athlete right now and you are scared and you don't know what you're going to do and you're interesting, go on the challenge. Yeah, that's really it. It seems to be Aim. The that way. It's the only way. It's probably their plan to replace the older vets because you can't replace them with people who are manipulative because they'll get manipulated by the other guy. They have to push them out with literal athletes. Athletes, which I, man, if I could go back and talk to my buddy Aaron that I went to high school with, he was so good at football. He played D1 and then he played in the arena league for a long time. I wish I could go back to him and be like, Dude, you're 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 crazy enough and funny enough. Mm. Get on the challenge. Yeah, you'll watching what Fessy has been doing. You're like, dude, you could you could. If boring Josh can be on there, yeah. Well, Josh isn't that boring. Josh bores me. It's 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 a it's a tough skill to be hateable. Yeah, I guess he's very good at it. Very good at it. It's a nice way to make an insult a compliment. Lolo, there being there is, I'm not fully against it. It's just very interesting to me. Yeah. Because it's going to get very, it's going to get confusing mixing the, if they don't have to be on a reality show, (laughs) then it's going to start like. Former track athlete Michael Johnson is on this season like that is. They do champs versus stars already. It's like, now what are they going to do? Guys, we got a surprising turn. This is me doing TJ. Good. Guys, we got a surprising turn this season. And I want to welcome in the 1994 Pittsburgh Steelers. Daryl Woodson, Neil O'Donnell, <laughs> Jerome Bettis, just announcing people. They're like, wait, the whole, so they compete as one? It's so, the whole goes, team? And that's just one person. <laughs> you know, TJ, you can't do that. Oh, and the Hurley t shirt. And he goes, and 
For our other team, I'd like to introduce the 1994 Vancouver Grizzlies. They're all old. They got bad knees. It says also that Lolo is single. Ready to mingle? I didn't check if she's back, if she's mingle eligible. Because that was her thing when she first, I was on Crowd Goes Wild. I met her. She's very, very sweet, but I do feel like she wants to be famous, which some people have that, and that's fine for them. She, uh, her thing that was uncomfortable for everybody was like the storyline that, you know how storylines happen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you make them happen, but sometimes they just happen on their own. She must have told someone she was a virgin. That became her friggin' thing. Yay. And so it was always awkward because I'm like, why are we asking her about it? That's just... Lit- yeah. She's literally said, I don't know. So why would we ever? It's very strange. Very strange. But I don't know. I haven't kept up with it because it made me uncomfortable. Guarantee so they bring know. it up. Probably. Do you want to do an over-under? Like how soon they'll bring it up? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I will take, if we set the over-under at three and a half episodes, yeah. I will take the over. Really? Yeah. I'm doing under. I'm doing next, uh, it's next a, episode. To me, it's a late season storyline boost when it's kind of obvious where everything's going. They're like, well, let's throw this out there. God. Super producer. I'm just saying. Um, so that's her. This next person, I I never heard their name said out loud during the show. And so if I'm wrong, I apologize. I think it's Mecky Harris. Okay. M-E-C-H-I-E. It could be Michi. Michi. It could be the Michi. The Michi. Hey, a Michi. I don't know. I don't, know. don't know. Seems X in the Beach. Uh, which I looked up because what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Cast members live with people they used to date on a beach Sick. in a house. Sounds like a terrible idea to terrible me. Idea. Seems pretty popular in the UK. Get it. Um, he's a ladies man, as is evidenced by your wanting to go on a show like that. An extremely sociable singer and dancer. Uh, a proud mama's boy. Red flag. And uh, if he can stay focused and not get too distracted hunting for hookups, maybe he could go. Uh, so this guy just seems like, I, I don't remember him being particularly hot. I genuinely, right now I'm trying to picture his face. I don't remember what he looked like. Yeah. So uh, good G- for Mac. Good luck. And all the machinations that go into his sex. Nice. You want to go to bed so bad. No, not at all. Another, there's two more, three more rookies. Nam. Nam Vo. Who's got the Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. He's, yeah, so he's partners with Lolo. He was from Ultimate Beastmaster. That alone, the two of them are clearly both going to be very good athletically. Yes. Specifically in Nam's, is it Nam? It's Nam, right? Because Nam sounds, it's Nam. We're going to say Nam. Nam. Nam'd if you do, Nam'd if you don't. That's that's terrible. (laughs) Um, In his bio, (laughs) uh, it says that he... Made it to the finals of Ultimate Beastmaster. But it says he will have to, undoubtedly a physical specimen, he will have to overcome a language barrier. That's just them grabbing which something. Which is mean. <laughs> but uh, he does have an, an accent that's pretty thick. And Lolo, you can watch, she watches his mouth when he talks. Yeah. It's, but she's just like looking at it to be like, like, I'm with you. You're very good yeah. competitor and I feel very good about But at the end of this episode, she made some sort of allusion she, to... She said he's funny. And if you're funny... You've you, got me or something like that? Which... Don't don't I know it? Couldn't be my stop looking at me like that. Okay. Proof is in the pudding. Uh, then there's Natalie Anderson. She's a rookie. She's from Survivor, so Jay was excited because they know each other through that. Natalie Anderson won her season of Survivor, and then they did an All Star All Winner season of Survivor, and she was runner up in that. And she's also been on Amazing Race. Damn. So it's like this person is very good at this. And look who got her. And now they're on the challenge. And who got her? Wes. 
he knows what he's doing. Sure. We'll see. We'll see if she sticks with him after this week. Yeah. So they got voted in. She beat Ashley in the elimination. And now we're waiting to see if she wants to stay with Wes. Switch or to CT, CT or pick up another or partner. Or pick somebody else entirely. And then Liv is the last one. Liv is partners with Michi. Yeah, and she was also a British girl. She was part of the threesome, the tri- trio that was crying. She's on a show called Shipwrecked? I don't even know, dude. I don't either. And I'm not gonna find out. I don't even know. Um, She, this girl has fought women before. Yeah, she was, this, she, was she has fight face. She yeah. has fought... Yes. <laughs> At least one woman. And one. It's certainly one. She's like threatened to or tried to fight many. Mm. And probably most of us were like, nah, I know what's going on here. Like I, somebody tried to fight me in high school. Is this girl Stacy? I knew what was up. So I just ran. I yeah. literally ran from a party. I was at a party at a friend's house and I was in the living room. The Red Sox were about to win the World Series. And I ran. I just turned and ran out of the house. Because that's what you got to do. How did that work out? I tripped and I fell. She caught oh. up with me. And then uh, she, all she did was um, hit my, she like hit my, like slapped my boobs a lot. <laughs> so from far away, like her arms were flailing up in the air. And people were like, no. Specifically, my boyfriend at the time was like, no. I'm like, yeah. you could have stopped this. Yeah, you could have broken but it But then up. I just started laughing because I was like, what are you doing? You're not even hitting me. Do you not even know how to fight? And then she kicked me in the ribs. And then I regretted saying that. And then that was it. The point is. Liv, she looks like she looks like the girl that beat you up. Liv looks no, she doesn't look anything like her because this girl's pretty. Yeah, suck it, Stacy. Suck it, uh, but Stacy, uh, yeah, dogs is standing up in the tough. cage. She's very tough, and her bio is basically just a bunch of different words that say she's tough. A self-described loudmouth, uh, willing to get in the face of just about anyone who sets her off. Competitive intensity, lack of sportsmanship. She's gonna she's be a problem. She's gonna fight people. She's gonna be a problem. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So those are the people on the season. We have a lot of the good regulars. We're missing a couple favorites, but there's rookies that seem to They did to a think great job. That see, rookies seem to think they're going to take things over, and some of them are athletes, so it could be really interesting. And TJ glowed up. TJ knew after that embarrassment of last season's final that this season he had to show up in a jacket where you don't necessarily know who makes it because it's not have, written right across the front We have of had it. so much fun looking at the awful t-shirts that he's worn over the season. Curly shirts. Uh, what's the torque? Lots of torque. Torque lot of hats. Torque. Lot of torque. Shirts that are like live free, die young. He's just got slogans uh, on slogans. I want to tear you apart. I want to tear you apart, which you thought said, said I, I want to fear, fear you, you. which and is way how I think. The shirt that Dan would wear. I, says, I love fearing you. I, I should have a shirt that says, I do fear you. I fear you. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for how afraid I am of I'm you. It's sorry. my fault. Why are you mad at me? That's the challenge. I think you should watch it. I think we're probably going to recap it. On Not we, not Dan. Dan's made it clear this is too uncomfortable. When did I ever make It's also been there? three hours. When did I make this uncomfortable? I'm going to let you go. Okay. Bye. Um, we're, We'll recap it every week. It's if it, It's stupid. That's the point. Yeah. If you if you watch it and you're like this is stupid, just know that's step one to loving it. Yes, absolutely. It's you so will dumb, it. but it's so worth it, and it's kind of sports, mm-hmm. but it's also reality. Yeah, and I like it. It's the fifth sport, and I think we're done. Dan Soder, Catherine are, Nolan. Okay, where can people check you out? Bonfire. Weird. I know. This is weird. The bonfire, which I do from in there. Yeah, the bonfire, which Six. you probably hear in the background of this podcast a lot of the oh, time. Ah, hey, I won't flush when I pee, nice. everyone. 
but you will when you poop. But I can will you, can you just when say I poop. it on wax for me? I will flush when I poop. Thanks, Bob. I'm a good boyfriend. The bonfire airs 6 to 8 p.m. on Sirius XM channel 95. Monday through Thursday. Monday through Thursday. And go stream my special Son of a Gary on HBO. Very funny. And you should absolutely watch Son of a Gary because um, I can't believe it's like been a year. Been a year. It's been a a year and two days. It's really good and really funny. And I'm not just saying that because I'm dating him because it doesn't get me anything. No. So. um, But thanks. Thanks, Dan. All right. Bye. Let's take Myrtle out. Ugh. Um, let me switch my microphone back. This is fun. We're having fun. We're learning. Uh, oh God, it's time for a voicemail. And I don't know how to play one of those. Okay, let's play a voicemail. Hi, Katie and Ashley and Timo. Um, before I ask my question, I just wanted to say that I, uh, a couple weeks ago heard uh, Katie talk about how she has ADD and uh, symptoms of that and um, that, you know, affecting her life. And uh, some of that sounded familiar. So I went and I got checked out by a doctor. And apparently I also have ADD. And um, I'm now taking medication for it. And it has made a, a huge difference in a, in a very short amount of time in my life. And I just wanted to thank Katie for that because no one else had ever told me that I had ADD and I just wish there was some way I could express my gratitude rather than weirdly calling your podcast at like seven o'clock in the morning on my way to work. Um, but anyway, my question is, uh, what is the weirdest thing interaction that you've ever had with a fan on the street? I guess this is mostly for Katie. Um, Ashley, maybe someone has said something weird to you. Timo, I don't think you probably have an example, but maybe you do. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Love you. Mean it. Thanks again, Katie. Man, I love this voicemail. I love this voicemail so much that I hate to have two notes about it. Number one, I don't know your name. And number two, I have no idea where you're calling from, which are the only two pieces of information I need for this part. Um, But you gave me everything else. So let me just say you and anyone who relates to this voicemail, you as well. Um, I love you. I do mean it. And this kind of stuff... After a podcast I've struggled through alone, this kind of stuff is like, yeah, okay, that's why I'm here. Um, I also want to make sure to say, because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, and I only have a rudimentary understanding of my own mental health, that you might relate to what I'm saying and not have ADD. That's also possible. So let's don't everybody put their eggs in that basket and be like, well, I got to get this diagnosis so I can go on living my life. It that's You may be able to relate to me and not be dealing with the exact same things I'm dealing with. But in the case of someone whose name we don't know, who went and, and first of all, went to a doctor. I don't think I've said it that recent, that far from now. It was pretty recent. So that person, good for you for already being able to go out and find a doctor. Anyway, I digress. Um, I have ADD. Have I mentioned that? Uh, But the, the, to anybody that has done, like, that just means a lot to me. It just means, like, you made a change in your life, and I want you to give yourself credit for that. Not me. Um, but for me, what I take from that is, like, 
even if it's just this one person, that's one person. That's a whole person. Being to, able to affect anybody's life that isn't your own is always going to wow me. Um, so thank you for this. Thank you for leaving this voicemail so that I can end this on a positive note in my brain because it's usually a toxic space. Um, it, that's, it means a lot to me. I'm very happy for you. Also, you got to get used to the it's 7 a.m. and I'm going to call into a podcast and talk for more minutes than are usually allotted for voicemails, but this was a special case. That's going to happen to you a lot. You're going to um, be overpowered by the intensity of an idea and need to tell the person immediately. Um, so I look forward to listening to your podcast is what I'm saying, because you'll probably have one within a few months. Um, the actual question that was asked, so you did meet the criteria, is what was has been my weirdest interaction with a fan on the street? Um, most of them aren't that weird. I think the weirdest one I had, and even the this one is f weird funny, not weird weird, but I was uh, somewhere with an ex-boyfriend for a wedding. I think New Orleans, nope, tenant Memphis. I think I was in Memphis, and I was on... Beale Street, is it? Please don't yell at me. Um, walking in. Yeah, it's Beale. Okay, so anyway, I was at, uh, we were doing the thing the night before the wedding where you all just like go out, the wedding party and whatever you call that. And uh, so we went bar hopping and uh, there was a guy looking at me funny the whole night. Now, I should make it clear that this is always and has always been and will always be the weirdest part about being quote unquote famous because I'm already a person that constantly feels like there's something on my face. And so when people stare at you in public places, the first time I noticed this was on the subway, uh, you just get very like, oh God, boogers? Is it boogers? I have boogers on my face? Or like, oh no, did I forget to put pants on before I left the house? Is just always my immediate reaction to attention. It's, uh, it's something I'm working through with a, with a therapist to be named later. So like that is already weird for me. But at this point of my career, when I'm on Beale Street, I'm like, you do have to have that weird self-indulgent thought of like, does this guy recognize me from ESPN? Or maybe at the time it was, it doesn't matter, Katie, it really doesn't. So uh, I had that thought. And then I noticed him like looking at his phone and looking at me this was after he had initially looked at me, uh, looking at his phone, showing it to his friend, and then his friend looking back up at me. And I was like, oh, my God, I think that they Google image searched me and are now trying to see whether or not uh, it's me. And so I kind of I don't know what happened. It was a busy bar. I think I like somehow snuck around behind him and like looked over his shoulder at him Googling me. <laughs> And I was like, oh, who's that? She's cute, which was just extra. I was drunk. Um, but that's probably my weirdest interaction because that guy felt really stupid. And then I had to be like, no, it's OK. That's a totally normal thing to do when you think you see someone famous. Um, I've, my, my favorite interaction, my favorite recent interaction with a fan was a total drive-by, which if you've got fans or you're recognizable in any way, you know the drive-by. It's You're pretty grateful for it. It's when you just get like a big fan and then they keep walking um when dan and i were at the super bowl and we uh went to the after party quote unquote for the 49ers because you know they have to book those in advance they don't know who's gonna win uh on our way out 
some guy was walking past us and it had just been a bummer of a night in general. And a guy was walking past us and he looked at me and smiled like, I recognize her, I like her. Then he looked over at Dan and did the same thing and he went, you two, I love you both. And then just kept walking. And we both were just like, well, that ruled. And uh, it was a nice end to a, a bad night. I've been answering this question for three hours. I think we should wrap up the podcast now. Um, that's it for this week's edition of sports. Shout out to DraftKings, Burrow, and American Giant, which is going to haunt me until I listen to this back. And shout out to the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. Have you guys heard of this? It's a podcast. Um, Mina, who is Mina Kimes, she talks all things football every week with her unique brand of humor and insight and her unique brand of dog. It's her dog, Lenny. Um, you should download and subscribe to Mina. Don't download to Mina. That doesn't make sense. Um, but you can do that on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you should have done it by now. So I think it's time I tell you that I'm serious. I'm waiting for you to go do it. Thanks so much. Um, and lastly, you know, big thanks to you guys for listening, especially for this one. I don't know the future of this podcast. All I know is that I have to, my job is to continue being me, um, which weirdly is hard some days, uh, but it's a lot easier than most other things. So I'm just going to stay true to me and true to you guys and uh, and we'll we'll figure it out. And if you have to go, go. There's a lot of podcasts. It's hard to hold on to one just because you feel a sense of responsibility. But we'll be here. We'll hold it down. And then uh, I'm sure other people will let you know once we figured it out. Um, you can listen to this one once. Twice would be neat, but once is fine on one streaming platform. You know why? You know why I'm not going to make you listen to this multiple times? Because I just realized I got through this entire document by myself and just now realized the one thing I forgot, which is to go pull a review of this podcast and read it here. So that's why you guys only have to listen once. You can go leave a nice review that I will be sure to read. I just didn't read... It, this, okay. Um, lastly, don't forget that you can always, you can always leave up a voicemail at 860-506-5571. Say goodbye, Ashley. <laughs> uh, goodbye, guys. Love you. Mean it.